I grew up in bleach. Yeah. The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow. 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 There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gonz as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is July 13th, 2020. This is episode 218. Welcome, everybody. This week, we've got Waif Fair is fired. And you know me. I'm not your echo chamber, but I'm your best buddy, Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome to another episode of the podcast where we talk about all the news out there and we try to come at it from a biblical perspective or at least a, a fringy biblical perspective wow and catchy, uh, catchy yeah super catchy that's <laughs> well, not a tagline i'm just explaining what we are for oh, okay first time yes. listeners an we academic have people. an academic explanation of what we do here sure very sure. good, Gonzo. Uh, let's see. Today's Monday, first show of the week here, so we're gearing mm-hmm. up. Anything exciting happen over the weekend? Uh, nothing too exciting. Uh, I did hit uh, 264,000 subs on YouTube without getting a whole bunch of uh, subscribers deleted, at least not yet. We're you stuck did on it. The, you uh, finally made yeah. it. I, cr- they- I cracked that glass ceiling, although, again, they may <laughs> just, uh, once they notice, they might start doing like the you know, 200, 300 sub minus. Negative. Yeah. They heard you they complaining do. so much, so they thought they'd just let you hit that <laughs> little goal and it all starts I know. again. I know, but then I think after this broadcast, because there's a pattern. There's a pattern. Every time I post anything, a video, anytime we do a live stream, about 100 to 200 unsubs. So either I'm really bothering people and, <laughs> and normal people that are like, because we still get the comments. Uh, what happened to face like the sun, you know, worthless channel. Now another good channel dead, you know, stuff like that. So <laughs> I think I'm still, I think your YouTube googly so eyes, mean. I know. Yeah. They're your googly so eyes mean. still hits people the wrong way for people that haven't checked out the channel for a while. And then all of a sudden, you know, they don't realize that we've been podcasting for nearly 10 years, but yeah. You know, well, you know, that's what we different do. Places. Rattling cages across the internet here, Gons, and uh, <laughs> with those googly I, eyes. Yeah, the googly eyes really triggers people. Well, that's fine with me. I'm okay with it. That. Does I um, also had a crazy dream? Oh, yeah. I won't get into it, but you were there. Oh, cool. You, you were trying to save me, but you didn't. You didn't really uh, help. Well, you know, <laughs> at least I tried. <laughs> you were without your mask. So oh, whoa. Maybe that See, that's why I didn't succeed. The mask yeah. is where all my power comes from. Yeah. Like any good superhero. <laughs> sure. Yeah, but it doesn't protect anything for me you? from COVID, though. Anything, uh, anything exciting for you? Oh, yeah, lockdown in our uh, neck of the woods. Gavin yeah, re-locked Newsom. down? Re-locked down. Gavin Ooh, Newsom uh, decided, uh, yeah, that we... And the thing is, we're locked down for three days. What? Lockdown Why? for three days. Why three days? I, I, what is the point? I don't of know. That? I don't know. Maybe he. Maybe he thinks that uh, the town can resurrect in three yeah. days. <laughs> what, yeah, what? Like, I have no idea. What, what that... is the the scientific reason to shut oh, down for no three days? Science. There's literally no scientific reason to shut down for three days. What is the no. deal? Maybe I, I don't there know was what three a, days is going to do. You know what? 
I have some theories while you bring that up. So as we know, a lockdown is only sufficient if it's for 14 days or more, which is the dormant period um, and the, uh, oh, I forget the scientific name, but the, the period of time it takes for COVID to go away or present itself. Um, so, you know, if you're going to lock down for two weeks, then you, you, you either let COVID uh, run its course with people who catch it or people who are non-symptomatic and, and about to uh, manifest symptoms. That gives them a chance to manifest symptoms so they're not walking around spreading the disease, even though the official the official medical, uh, you know, statements of the WHO is that it doesn't really spread very it's very rare for an asymptomatic person to spread it but that's beside the point so a lockdown for three days has no scientific reasoning behind it except for a maybe they uh you know maybe somebody put in a permit for a protest during those three days you know (laughs) and they they gotta have a good reason to not allow that or um i don't know guns maybe they're putting up those 5g towers (laughs) yeah yeah they're shutting down fitness centers places of worship uh offices for non-critical sectors personal care services hair salons and barbershops malls and dining restaurants wineries movie theaters family entertainment centers zoos museums uh card rooms bars card rooms it's it's weird though because it's like specific businesses mm-hmm. almost as if they want certain businesses to shut down certain small businesses to just you know not yeah. have not have the capacity to oh, stay no, open of course you yeah, know so and it's I, very shifty now i don't know if you're seeing this okay it's climbing up a little bit uh viewership numbers are about normal a little low but we're still early in the show but uh uh, Twitch numbers are incredibly low. In fact, we are sitting at 66 viewers. Oh, no. On, yes. So <laughs> we need more people. <laughs> Wherever you're watching this, uh, head to twitch.tv slash canarycryradio. We can't just sit on 66 viewers. Everybody will know that we're shills or something. <laughs> Anyways, what do you say we get into the show, Guns? Let's do it. We got a flippy update? Oh, yeah. All right. Okay, for those who don't know, Flippy is our colloquial name for the disembodied robot arms that are taking our jobs, uh, enslaving our children, and flirting with our spouses. And it's true. It's happening, but we also use it as a proxy conversation to discuss uh, the technocracy and how robots and artificial intelligence are worming their way into our lives. Um, But, you know, today, Gons, I kind of have a little bit more of a comprehensive flippy update conversation to have. Um, You know, as we've been live streaming, lots of new people tuning in and uh, I I, you know, we try to give as much of a background and comprehensive view of things like the Flippy Update as much as we can. But I figured I'd take the opportunity, since uh, we've got a mainstream outlet here talking about it, to round out uh, the ideas and a little bit of the uh, the full scale sort of global idea um, behind what we call the Flippy Update and uh, what the rest of the world calls the the future um so i'm gonna read this article from independent.co.uk this is going to be a little bit longer but i think it's a pretty good comprehensive look at what we're talking about um 
Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Oh, gosh. The cats are circling. They're circling me. I can't see them, but I can hear them, and I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> but <laughs> if the line goes dead, uh, call animal control. All right. The article is titled, AI technology will soon replace error-prone humans all over the world, but here's why it could set us all free. Freedom! Mm, they're here to set us free. Whoa, that spooked me. Okay, there's a cat on my lap now. <laughs> You're definitely not free from those cats. <laughs> uh, the article reads, It has been oft-quoted, albeit humoredly, that the ideal of medicine is the elimination of the physician. The emergence and encroachment of artificial intelligence on the field of medicine, however, puts an inconvenient truth on the aforementioned witticism. Over the span of their professional lives, a pathologist may review 100,000 specimens a radiologist more so ai can perform this undertaking in days rather than decades visualize your last trip to an nhs hospital so this is a this is a uk outlet so nhs is their national health system uh, the experience was either one of romanticism or repudiation the hustle and bustle in the corridors or the agonizing waiting time in A&E, the empathetic human touch or the dissatisfaction of a rushed consultation, a seamless referral or delays and cancellations. Contrary to this, our experience of hospitals in the future will be slick and uniform. The human touch all but erased and cleansed. Cleansed, guns. <laughs> cleansed cleansed of the human filth in favor of complete and utter digitalization envisage an almost automated hospital cleaning droids self-portered beds medical robotics quote fiction of today's the fact of tomorrow doesn't quite apply in this situation since all of the above mentioned ai currently exists in some form or the other but then what comes of the antiquated human doctor in our future world well they can take consolation their unemployment status would be part of a global trend the creation dis uh, the creation displacing the creator Ooh. Yeah. mechanization of the workforce leading to mass unemployment this analogy of our friend the doctor speaks volumes medicine is cherished for championing human empathy if doctors aren't safe nobody is the solution socialism Open socialism <laughs> really i know they really take us places strap in because this is <sighs> this is only the beginning open revolt against machinery seems a novel concept set in some futuristic dystopian land yeah right though the reality can be found in history the luddites of nottinghamshire a radical faction of skilled textile workers protecting their employment through machine destruction and riots during the industrial revolution of the 18th century the now satirized form or sorry the now satirized term luddite may be more appropriate appropriately directed to your father's fumbled attempt at unlocking his iPhone as opposed to a militia. Okay, so mm. anti-robot uh, people are Luddites who are militias. <laughs> what lessons are, are to be learned? <laughs> Isn't this crazy how all these connections that they're making and it's, uh, you know, a bunch of rhetorical jujitsu to say yeah. anybody, you know, who's against the robot takeover is a 
terrorist, basically. What mm-hmm. lessons are to be learnt from the Luddites? Much, firstly, the much fictionalized fight for dominance between man and machine is just that, fictionalized. The real fight is within mankind. The Luddites' fight was always against the manufacturer, not the machine. Machine destruction simply acted as the receptacle of dissidents. Secondly, government feelings uh, towards the Luddites is exemplified through 12,000 British soldiers being deployed against the Luddites, far exceeding the personnel deployed against Napoleon's forces in the Iberian Peninsula in the same year. So in this historical example, Luddites, the evil anti-technology militia, actually garnered more military response than Napoleon in the exact same year from the British Empire. Though providing clues, the future struggle against AI and its wielders will be tangibly different from that of the Luddite struggle of the 18th century. Next, it's personal. It's about soul. Mm. Our higher cognitive faculties will be replaced. The diagnostic expertise of the doctor, decision-making ability of the manager, and if we're lucky... (laughs) Sorry, I botched that. And if we're lucky political matters too so you got ai politicians getting thrown in here higher cognitive faculties will Mm. be replaced stop thinking human beings let the robot (laughs) let the robots think for you He makes it sound so amazing. It's wild. The monopolizing of AI will lead to mass unemployment and mass welfare reverberating globally. AI efficiency and efficacy will soon replace the error-prone human. It must be the case that AI is to be socialized and, and the means of production, the AI, redistributed. In other words, brought under public ownership. Perhaps the emergence of cooperative groups made up of experienced individuals will arise to undertake managerial functions in their previous now automated workplace except for man the managers there those higher cognitive functions are useless when ai is involved anyways whatever the structure such an undertaking will require the full intervention of the state on a moral basis On a moral basis, not realized (laughs) in the Luddite struggle. Uh, Envisaging an economic system of nationalized labor, of AI machinery performing laborious as well as lively tasks, shan't be feared. This economic model, one of abundance, and now it... They put abundance in quotes here. Yeah, like it's not real. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, a perceived quotes. abundance. This economic model, model, one of abundance, provides a platform of the fullest creative expression and artistic flair for mankind. Humans can pursue leisurely passions. Imagine the doctor dedicating superfluous amounts of time on the golfing course, the manager pursuing artistic talents. And what of the politician? Well, that's anyone's guess. Unfortunately, it's not really a guess since uh, Ghislaine <laughs> Maxwell will probably, uh, t- well, probably will disappear before she gets to tell us how the politicians spend their time. But that's another story. An abundance econ- uh, economy is one of sustenance rather than subsistence, initiating an old form of socialism fit for a futuristic age. AI will transform the labor market by destroying it along with the feudalistic structure inherent to it. 
Thought-provoking questions do arise. What is to become of human aspiration? What exactly will it mean to be human in this world of AI? Ironically, perhaps it will be the machine revolution that gives us the resolution to the age-old problems in society. So there you go, Gons. The robots taking over will create a uh, human uh, utopia. And anybody who doesn't want their job taken by a robot is a Luddite militia person. And we must uh, we must kneel to the robotic socialism of the future. This is precisely technocratic philosophy. I know. It's really this- abundant out there now with the young, young crowd. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, I read that and I said, this is, I mean, this is what we talk about when we do the flippy updates. Now, when we do the flippy updates, it's fun. We do it in a fun sort of prodding way. But this article really summed up the entire reason uh, why we do the flippy updates with, which some people don't understand, you know, we've got some... uh, you know, some, some simple thinkers out there and that's okay. <laughs> uh, but, but you got to look beneath the silly, uh, flippy update to really see what we're talking about. And it's, uh, I mean, it's serious. It's, it's the technocratic, um, you know, utopia of the future where human error prone humans, uh, you know, are become, uh, they get so much free time because there's no jobs to do that they will, uh, apparently just go golfing or do some art. Yeah. Yeah. Which, again, um, this, yeah. Sorry. This connects to, I mean, this is basically the exact reflection of the star Trek universe, um, which we bring up once in a while, star Trek, uh, being a product of Gene Roddenberry, uh, famously involved in occult practices of his time. Right. Uh, and there's a lot of books out. One of the popular books on this topic recently is Homo Deus by Yuval Noah Harari. Uh, and he came out and he basically, I have his uh, part of his thing quoted. Actually, you know, that clip, uh, bigger, better, tastier. That, yeah. I think I, I have it somewhere here, but that clip is from that audiobook where he talks about how, Oh, you know what? These doctors, these scientists, these politicians, what, what are they going to do with their time? And actually what, the book argues is that they're going to spend their time seeking immortality. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's something that this guy maybe just hasn't come to that, that uh, crossroads yet of realizing what he's actually pushing for, but it's the same concept as zeitgeist moving forward with Peter Joseph. It's that third installment. We've talked about it before where he basically has this idea of the machines taking over the basic needs of life. And so, you know, humans can thrive with art and music and stuff because, you know, we're no longer held down by our, our need to produce the things that give us the sustenance of life, but rather we can thrive. And in that context, we will seek immortality and achieve it. You know, it's a very, uh, uh, alchemical, uh, philosophy. It's yeah. really, there's nothing new under the sun, you know, it's, and that's really been the point of transhumanism and all that stuff. But in the context of AI and technology assisting us in the medical field, that is really a huge part of the entire scientific dictatorship and where this is all headed because what they want to do is eradicate humans from, you know, what did what does he call it? The error prone humans. But you know, a part of a uh, part of being human. And, and what's actually interesting is all these tech technocratic folks, these guys that think like this, they're actually proving a uh, a biblical worldview 
that humans are insane. They're falling short of something, you know, and uh, it's just fascinating because they're blind to that aspect of, hey, you know, theologians have been saying that about humanity for a long time. What is this sudden realization that humans are flawed in the realm of science and technology, you know, thanks mm-hmm. to the AI? It's just a very interesting, uh, you know, again, yeah. nothing new and under the sun. And it's very interesting because part of this utopia is the release of human beings from the necessity for work, which yeah. on one hand, you know, there's an obvious uh, conversation to be had about, um, you know, the the nature of work and uh, the... Uh, you know the the health and the despair that worth that work can bring but there's been plenty a plenty of poets and philosophers and theologians over the years um as well as recent scientific studies within the past couple decades stating that when a human being doesn't have meaningful work to do they are sort of rudderless and Yeah. You know, and a lot of things can come out of that addiction and uh, self-medicating in a lot of different ways and the continuous search for meaning, um, Mm -hmm. which, you know, if if there I mean, if there is no, uh, you know, skills that you can gain and there's no accomplishments, uh, no direction in which to point human aspiration, that that inevitably leads to a decrease in overall, uh, you know, uh, life experience, quality of life, uh, yeah. mental health. And, uh, you know, you could add spiritual health in that as well. Um, well and, yeah. and not only philosophers and poets and scientific studies, but also movies like uh, WALL-E. I mean, WALL-E is a perfect <laughs> example of looking at a future where humans don't have to work and robots do everything. And we're just sort of left to experience nothing but uh, perceived pleasures of this world. And uh, that didn't work out well either. So if you don't want to read the poets, philosophers, theologians, or scientists, just watch WALL-E. It'll tell you the whole program. <laughs> it's funny how the simplest of kids movies and the the deepest of books on, you know, all this kind of stuff all pretty much say the same thing yeah, and reflect on the human condition. So there and you go. Part of the work thing too, also interestingly enough is connected with that sin nature because uh, I think part of the fall uh, with you know, man toiling on the ground and things like that, that's all part of, again, just our, our condition here. And to want, again, it, they're proving this biblical perspective of being fallen because they want to be free from that stuff, you know, free from the curse, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just fascinating how religious and spiritual, and even biblical, I would say, a lot of their views are, but they're just missing the, the, the main point of all that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they're like, so there you uh, go. Jesus, no, but robots, yes. <laughs> you know, it's just really weird how that works. But Right. And of course, uh, within the Flippy update over the years, we've shown how religion is also being passed off to the robots to lead as well. Um, yes. So, uh, for for those who are relatively new to the show, I hope that that article gave you a nice uh, nice rundown of the reason why we do silly flippy updates. Uh, we'll continue to do them. And if you came in a little late and you missed the article, I highly recommend uh, you catch the episode um, after the live stream. You can f- find a good quality version by searching Canary Cry News Talk on any of your podcast catchers. Uh, that's Apple Podcasts or Stitcher 
Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you uh, do or do not listen to podcasts, you should um, tune into that article. Very important, not just for understanding uh, where the world is heading, uh, but also understanding this show and flippy updates and what we've been talking about, uh, you know, for almost 10 years now. So, yes. all right. What do you got? What's next? Uh, we got some brief updates here. We interrupt this broadcast to give you a brief update. By the end of this timely interruption, you will be thoroughly updated. Speaking of the beast system, beast, 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 beast system. This is from Yahoo.com, and the headline is Kanye West says coronavirus vaccines are the mark of the beast. Oh, wow. Uh, Kanye this, thinks. This, did he say this after his uh, presidential bid? I think so. Wow. Kanye West thinks a coronavirus vaccine will be, quote, the mark of the beast, and he accuses those developing a cure of preventing people from, quote, crossing the gates of heaven. That's the article. Wow. That <laughs> literally is all it says in this article. Is there a video? Uh, maybe or there's something? more. Well, there is a video. Yeah. Oh, okay. But it, yeah. It, yeah. I think it basically need... outlines the same, same thing. Um, yeah. What do you think, Basil? You think. <laughs> You know, this President is the Kanye, whole Kanye is- thing has been very interesting <laughs> because uh, some people have pointed out he's he's sort of a, a Trump type. I mean, he obviously throughout the years has connected with Trump. He visited the White House and uh, mm-hmm. wore the MAGA hat and and expressed um, uh, maybe not the same views, but views in line with maybe those who views. are looking to Trump. But it's kind of weird, man, because of course Kanye, being a, you know a, a suspected Illuminati shill, um, to so perfectly be fitting what a candidate, you know, what a fringe you know sort of candidate well, would be looking for whose yeah. former only choice was Trump, but now you get uh, a black. I won't even call him a Trump type, but a black conservative type uh, who also knows his way around some fringy uh, end times rhetoric. Um, you know, I, th- I th- he's either <laughs> uh, the answer to some people's prayers or uh, a very brilliantly constructed, uh, you know, shill or distraction. <laughs> well, it's interesting because in this time they are even publicly, they're really trying to divide uh, the divide and conquer narrative. You know, they're trying to divide people from the scientific authoritarian dictatorship type of folks with the crazy conspiracy theorists. There's no middle ground anymore. Uh, we read an article uh, last week. I think it was Bloomberg or somebody mm-hmm. that said, you know, that's what, that's what's going to happen with this vaccine issue is that we're going to have these, these people that are compliant with the scientific elite and those who are going to be wild conspiracy theorists. And I think this, is just that, that he's just trying to divide the people more and more because I think any reasonable Christian, even like your fringe Christians, like I, I saw this narrative a lot with people, but I don't know. I, I'm not sure how many people really buy this narrative that it is the mark of the beast. Right. I know there's a lot of compelling things to suggest. It's kind of like the mark of the beast. If, if for example, or it's a suspect, uh, or, you know, it's on suspect, the list of suspects, list of potentials. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. And, but you know, if the, if my bank starts saying you must get the coronavirus vaccine to access your account, surely that can start sounding like the Revelation thirteen prophecies. But it just seems weird to me that that you know these public figures are really taking a hold of a, a very extreme view of the mark of the beast and just running with it. It, yeah. it just seems like they're really trying to 
round people up in this crazy conspiracy theorist group and grow that group as much as possible to create this divide and conquer thing. And folks like you and I, I think we're just more in the middle, like, okay, yeah, I mean, it's a little crazy. Like, we're not saying that. Yeah. Like, surely we've been looking at the mark of the beast for a long time. And there's a lot of geopolitical things and and particular characters surrounding it that, you know, bring it about. But uh, I always point out one of the things, if you read Revelation 13, it says no one can buy or sell without the mark. Mm -hmm. And that suggests that literally no, that you're going to have this complete surveillance state where nobody literally nobody can buy or sell without it because it look let's say the vaccine you know they do some kind of mark of the beast dish type of thing with the vaccine you can't buy or sell without the vaccine well what's stopping you and i basil from like trading some catnip for you know <laughs> something else a little gold or something you know what i mean there's nothing really catnip. stopping us from doing that wink. Yeah, um, yeah wink <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, 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 I totally hear you. And yeah, on the, on the topic of the mark of the beast, obviously we, you know, are keep our eye on all the usual suspects and, and I, there's definitely a possibility. I think it gained a little bit too much traction to, um, I don't know there's, it doesn't quite line up all the way as far as, as far as just a vaccine goes now. Um, of course there are, things could change and, and we could change our views, um, accordingly, uh, one thing that interests me quite a bit with this Kanye thing is when it first happened, and I said it on the show, when he first announced his uh, candidacy, um, it seemed, the risk seemed uh, to lie more on the Biden side of the issue being, you know, you got right. a, a black guy Trying who's going to gonna take up the Biden take votes away from Biden and uh, ensure another Trump presidency. But the way that Kanye aligns himself, uh, he he seems to be more of a risk to a Trump reelection than anything else. (laughs) I mean, he he leans on the conservative side. He shares a lot of viewpoints with uh, Trump supporters and he, you know, leans towards this more Christian uh, ideology of, of, you know, end times type of uh, data points. And that does not seem like competition for Biden. That seems like more competition (laughs) for Trump. I mean, especially as Trump is sort of taking some one eighties, um, you know, actually starting to come out in support of vaccines. Of course, he started wearing a mask, which is not the biggest deal to me. But, you know, a lot of people, that's a big deal to, um, you know, turning his back on the anti-maskers there is a big issue for some people. Um, and so, yeah, I think Kanye is more lined up to be a disruptive element to the Trump campaign than to the Biden campaign, which, uh, you know, if now to, just to say for anybody who's new to the show gons you and i and you can correct me if it's changed for you but you know generally on this show we uh we eschew we reject the left right paradigm you know of course uh, depending on where you drop into the show and start listening you might think we're you know crazy conservatives or crazy liberals or whatever <laughs> super liberals yeah just <laughs> whatever you know and, and a lot of people consider that to be uh you know disinfo man and make up your mind. Make me mad. I want to be mad. Say the things that make me on your team. And that's just not what we do here. Um, so when I talk about, you know, who uh, Kanye might actually be a disruption for, there's very little investment in the outcome of that. <laughs> 
for me personally. But I will say this. I will say this. There's a lot of people out there who are suddenly finding their sort of fringy weird views being represented in a potentially legitimate presidential (laughs) candidate. And that is very new for a lot of people and especially a lot of our listeners. Well, that that's precisely it. And it happened with the Trump presidency or campaign as well, where a lot of the, uh, you know, due to the email thing and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. the corruption within the government ranks and all that started to not come to out mention, and become public. Yeah. Not to mention Trump uh, being on the, the uh, Epstein flight logs, which is pretty problematic. Right, right, right. So I, I just think it's very interesting that yeah you're right a lot of these fringy views are being picked up by politicians and that that to me always screams psyop yeah so yeah but uh, you know it's a little early we don't even know if he's gonna make it on any ballots so maybe a big old nothing burger as uh, (laughs) as our mainstream folks might say Uh, okay. Uh, along with that, your buddy, Elon, I always say your buddy, Elon, you always have to (laughs) Gons. Do you know what the based pill is? The based pill. Have you ever heard of the based pill? I'm saying the black pill. I don't know. People in chat here are saying that I've taken the based pill. I don't know what that is. I don't, I don't, somebody explain it to us in chat. Put it in the chat. I don't, I need to know what medications I'm on. Tell me what the based pill is. Okay. Uh, this is along with the, uh, the whole, uh, Kanye narrative here. Haveru.com.nv. Elon Musk backpedals on support of Kanye West's presidential bid. Previous seven days, Kanye West announced that he's managing, uh, managing for president with the full support of his shut friend. What? Elon Musk soon looking, uh, soon after looking at West's most recent job interview interview with Forbes, on the other hand, the Tesla founder appears to be backpedaling. Uh, yeah, I mean, there really is not, I don't want to get. Do you into have the, whole the actual article. tweet there? The, uh, does it show the actual tweet? Because I, I know what it is. If you want me to do it by memory. Uh, let's see. We may have more difference of opinions than I anticipated. After yeah. The Kanye, news. Kanye came in as uh, more or less uh, giving some, um, some anti-abortion and uh, some other anti-vaccination. Sort of, yes, yeah, some some uh, some conservative views there on some things, and that's when Elon, who who previously supported Kanye, and then Kanye came out with his anti-abortion and uh, anti-vax views, and Elon's like, "Well, <laughs> I may like, have overestimated. No, we must still kill babies, our- <laughs> and we must still shoot you with vaccines." <laughs> so uh, yeah, whoopsies. Um, so there you go. Musk, Musk, uh, famous, uh, quick talker. Musk <laughs> may have jumped the gun on that a little bit. Okay. I'm All reading right. here in chat that based pill is, is another term for red pill. I think so. Um, so, okay. okay. I guess that's nice. Thank you. I All think, right. I think that's a good thing. <laughs> you think that's a good thing. Yeah. I don't know. I, I hesitate right. to uh, associate myself with any group, but, uh, I hesitate to take any pill to be honest. Yeah. Based means speaking truth. Okay, good. I like that. All right. Okay. Thank you. We're I was gonna run out of words. I was afraid that I had to uh, cross some sort of line. Yeah. All right. We got another, uh, quick update here. It's a little bit of a longer update, but it's worth talking about here and we've been tracking the new york or uh, the Ghislaine maxwell thing new york post uh, dot com published an article today why Ghislaine maxwell may be granted bail at upcoming arraignment 
Mm-hmm. And uh, says Ghislaine Maxwell will learn whether she'll have to stay in jail pending her trial on sex trafficking charges when she's arraigned Tuesday with former prosecutors saying her release is not completely out of the cards. We are a day away from finding out if she gets to go home or not. The coronavirus outbreak in the federal prison system, very convenient. And the fact Maxwell didn't flee the country after Epstein's suicide. I thought she did. I thought she was in Israel or something. Anyway, may save her from languishing in a federal jail cell. Former federal prosecutor Jamie Nowaday told the Post, quote, I think this one is a closed case. Epstein had no chance at all at bail. She is in a very different position. Mm. That sounds ridiculous, but okay. In a detention memo filed after Maxwell's arrest, prosecutors argued for remand saying she's an extreme flight risk given her vast sums of money, three passports and ties to European countries such as England and France. In normal circumstances, that may have been enough to keep her in jail, but the coronavirus outbreak has upended typical bail agreements nowadays, uh, nowadays added. Quote, all bail arguments look a little bit different now given COVID. That's definitely in her favor, nowadays said. More and more, there is a push toward uh, home confinement, especially holding people pre-trial when you still have the presumption of innocence. Uh, kind of goes on here. But you know, yeah. So basically uh, it looks uh, like she might have a chance of, of getting out on bail, $5 million bail. Yeah. Yeah. That's not know. good news. That's not good. Well, once she's out on bail, maybe that's when they announce the, uh, the Rona, the Rona virus, you know, mm-hmm. she's a, she's a risk. With all the, yes. the Rona virus in the federal prison that she's yes, in. Just yes, yes. horrible. Of course. Um, yeah. Okay. I have, uh, let me do this Daily Mail update on Ghislaine. I'm sure. This is from dailymail.co.uk. Ghislaine Maxwell has tapes of two prominent U.S. politicians having sex with minors and boasted of owning powerful people. Former friend, get this, former friend and jewel thief claims. (laughs) (laughs) What in the world? All right, Ghislaine Maxwell has tapes of two prominent U.S. politicians having sex with minors and boasted of owning powerful people, according to a former friend. The ex-jewel robber (laughs) who used the pseudonym William Steele. Hi, I'm William Steele. They uh, said they, quote, forced him to watch the footage as they wanted to convince him of their power. He also claimed to have seen clips of celebrities and world figures having threesomes, even orgies with minors. It follows Maxwell, 58, being arrested last Thursday on charges. She helped lure at least three girls, one as young as 14, to be sexually abused by Epstein, who was accused of victimizing dozens of girls and women over many years. Steel, steel, told the son they wanted to convince me of their power and who they held in their grip they boasted about owning powerful people he added quote i saw videos of very powerful people celebrities world figures in those videos having sex threesomes even orgies with minors the former friend also referred to two high profile american politicians who were in videos with minors maxwell the daughter of late british publishing magnate robert maxwell is the former girlfriend and longtime close associate of epstein she is accused of we all know what she's accused of so there you go they finish out and talk a little bit about her getting arrested in uh, new hampshire etc etc all the shadiness behind that um but yeah william Steele, the (laughs) the jewel thief (laughs) the proclaimed jewel thief 
um, is coming out. You know, that's a dangerous thing for William Steele to be doing, uh, really claiming uh, the types of power that Maxwell might have to wield, especially when she's going into a situation where, you know, some very high powered people might be able to help her out of this sticky situation. So just another, uh, you know, another check on the box the checkbox on the list of reasons why uh, Ghislaine will not make it to court. Yeah. Well, have we seen any like actual footage of Ghislaine a picture or video of her actually in the prison or the uh, federal prison here? Oh, uh, no, arrested? I haven't seen anything. I, yeah, yeah no, see, that, just that's the, part of the issue here too. The stories, and then, you know, the, the, the last story with the, the lawyer coming out saying she's innocent and then people like, what's his name? Something Steele. William Steele. William Steele. Jewel Thief. <laughs> Coming out. And the thing that really, the first thought I had was only two? Like yeah. Only two prominent mm-hmm. U.S. politicians? Why so few? Well, yeah. Th- and, these are the and, ones that he saw. These are the videos that he saw with his own eyes. Okay. So maybe he only saw two very important political figures in these videos, uh, as well as celebrities and world leaders though. So there you go. It's just none of this sits right. Like not, none of it at all sits right with me. Like it just, all of it seems very William Steele, the jewel thief (laughs) coming out. (laughs) This article has been shared almost a million times. What's fishy about that? (laughs) I don't know. Are you? Do you believe William? Do you believe Bill Steele? Uh, I have no reason to not believe uh, uh, William Steele. I mean, you, you know me, Gons. I believe any jewel thief. <laughs> so I've got, I've got a soft spot. What jewel thief was he? Well, I've got a what? soft spot for renowned jewel thieves. What kind of like? What was he doing? Like, was he? Uh, was he robbing? like the Royal jewelers or what was he doing? Was he going know. into Africa? I don't know. Actually, that would be interesting. I do want to look more into this William Steele guy. Yeah, I wonder who is if this he, guy and why is he gotta be other material? <laughs> why is he getting this? headlines? I'm putting that on the, on the list of things to keep track Somebody, of. Maybe, maybe on the next show, we'll have a William Steele segment. Who is I'm this sure, guy? Uh, but it doesn't look good for Ghislaine Maxwell to have uh, <laughs> renowned jewel thieves <laughs> coming out. <laughs> And, uh, you know, giving hints as to what evidence might exist. You know, maybe this is his out, you know, this is his way of cooperating to, uh, try to lower his own. Yeah. uh, Maybe he's trying to get a sentence reduction or something. Yeah. 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 There you go. Um, another story related to all this Ghislaine madness here. This is foxnews.com. Ghislaine Maxwell wrapped her phone in tinfoil in bid to evade law enforcement feds say wow wow yeah. wow Liam maxwell wow. british socialite <laughs> wow. Da, 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 da. <laughs> wow tried to evade fbi agents before she was taken into custody and wrapped her cell phone in tinfoil to avoid detection federal prosecutors said monday the details were cited in court documents uh court uh court documents during a rain arguments against Maxwell's request for a $5 million bond while she awaits her trial. The bond would be secured by six co-signers in a property in the UK worth $3.75 million. Hmm. And uh, prosecutors argued against Maxwell's release, saying she poses a flight risk and is, quote, skilled at living in hiding with her tinfoil. 
Wow. She couldn't spend the the fifteen dollars to buy a Faraday cage on Amazon. Or just just like a a burner phone? Did you not do a burner phone? Is it so important to have a I would imagine yeah. If she's at that level, don't you think she's got like a notebook, you know, like a handwritten type of thing going on instead of like her cell phone? Yeah, that's crazy. If she was keeping a smartphone around trying to be on the run, that's uh, again, $15. Get your uh, get yourself a Faraday <laughs> bag on uh, Amazon there. Gislaine, that'll help next time. Although Is I don't it- know. I mean, I'm sure the tinfoil works to some degree. But uh, yeah, pretty. It's like she, it's like she saw a Facebook post or something. Yeah, she about, like read something. <laughs> like, oh, I should give that a try. The FBI will never find me. Yeah, oh, it's whoa. just. Uh, I'm having a weird experience. Weird. My uh, my VR world is crashing down around me. On this yeah, side, typical. the uh, the VR office on my left side is normal, and then right down the middle here to the right. It's just a black void of nothingness. Ooh, don't don't go in the don't black go void. That way. I'm staying this way. Stay, Stay over there. In my nice little VR office. Stay okay. In your lane. Well, let's move on to another topic here. This one's pretty interesting. Now everybody wants to know about the uh, the Wayfair um, conspiracy. The so let's go into this. This is Newsweek.com. <clears throat> oh wait, wait. I think oh. I think I have a. Uh, uh, I I don't know. I didn't have an exact jingle for this although i thought i had um well this works and melt those babies into candles oh no or so so (laughs) cabinets a lot of news uh woke up i think yesterday to just uh, all sorts of talk about wayfair um but we'll do a quick breakdown here for those who don't know here's a newsweek article kids shipped in armoires the person who started the wayfair conspiracy speaks um a new conspiracy theory surrounding products advertised by the home goods and furniture seller wayfair now joins previous unsubstantiated allegations like pizzagate regarding worldwide pedophilic sex trafficking among the economic elite the wayfair conspiracy theory that became a social media sensation on friday began with a post to the conspiracy subreddit which promotes user submitted conspiracy theories many thinly evidenced or unevidenced to more than a million subscribers we get it newsweek you don't believe in conspiracy theories whatever you say quote it is possible wayfair involved in human trafficking with their WFX utility collection? Or are these just extremely overpriced cabinets? Note the names of the cabinets. This makes me sick to my stomach if it's true. Redditor Princess Peach 1987 posted on Thursday along with a screenshot from Wayfair's mobile website featuring your store uh, four storage cabinets products named Naraya, Yuritsa, Samia, and Olivia that cost between $12,699.99 and Fourteen thousand four hundred ninety nine 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 nine. Before you go on here, mm-hmm. th- this article uh, frames it as Princess Peach nineteen eighty seven as the the founder of the conspiracy or like the one uh, who started the yeah. conspiracy. Mm-hmm. But I, I saw people posting about this months before. So come on, Newsweek, do you, your research. You've seen this ahead. months ago. 
Yeah, I saw some people talking about it a few months ago. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been hanging around, but just recently getting uh, all the public attention here. The article continues, Newsweek reached out to Wayfair regarding the human trafficking conspiracy theories, including a request for an explanation of the high-priced items. The company provided this statement in response. Quote, There is, of course, no truth to these claims. The products in question are industrial-grade cabinets that are accurately priced. Recognizing that the photos and descriptions provided by the supplier did not adequately explain the high price point, we have temporarily removed the products from site to rename them and to provide a more in-depth description and photos that accurately depict the product to clarify the price point. Hmm. The conspiracy. <laughs> no, it's yeah. not true. We're just taking down the evidence and uh, doctoring <laughs> just taking it. down all the <laughs> evidence. And, uh, all right. The conspiracy theory has been elaborated on other social media platforms, particularly Twitter, expanding on the original post and its assertion that very expensive or overpriced cabinets with human names is in itself evidence of human trafficking conducted more or less in the open, with the Wayfair offering humans for sale under the guise of sailing cabinetry. In chat conversations with Newsweek, Princess Peach 1987 described seeking out uh, garage storage with their husband when they came across the expensive cabinet listings. While they at first surmised that they may have stumbled across unlisted dropshipping sales, Facebook posts also suspicious of pricey listings made them more inclined to listen to their suspicions that there may be something more to do with the listings. Princess Beach 1987, who declined to reveal their non-Redditor identity, described themselves as, quote, involved in a local organization that helps victims of human trafficking. So that's that's an interesting point here. This is a person who, you know, kind of works in the human yeah, trafficking space. Not just some space. crazy person out there. Right. It's an actual person working in... Yeah. yeah. So, you know, this isn't just a Reddit poster, which when you say, oh, this crazy Reddit poster on the conspiracy tab or whatever said this crazy thing. No, this is a person who is involved in, you know, ongoing uh, help to victims of human trafficking. So they would kind of know what's going on which has led her to be suspicious most of the time now. They characterize their Reddit post as less of a direct accusation and more of an effort to see if anyone else had more details. <clears throat> Prominent arrests like that of Jeffrey Epstein for the alleged trafficking and sexual assault of underage girls have shown that extensive pedophilia networks do exist, but the details of the Wayfair theory do not make a credible case yet. I will add subsequent elaborations on the theory include a user review on the Wayfair website for previously unrelated $5,000 fireproof filing cabinet, which included a 2016 user review from someone in Walnut Creek, California, the San Francisco exurb with a population of more than 70,000 was also the location of a February arrest for human trafficking, child pornography and attempted kidnapping, which was allegedly connected to a wider uh, child sex trafficking ring walnut sauce is also an alleged code word for pizzagate conspiracy theories uh, supporters of the theory have also urged skeptics to use a russian search engine to search for the stock 
keeping unit number, that's the SKU, uh, associated with various wafer products, which returns image results full of children in bathing suits. Whoa, weird. However, none of the SKU searches returned images of a single child, which would seem to run counter to the implications that Wayfair SKUs secretly provide data regarding the specific child to be purchased. In addition, following the search engine instructions with any random string of numbers returns the exact same results. Supporters of the theory have also drawn connections to June 2019 protests by Wayfair employees, which objected to the company selling furnishings to a Texas detention facility for migrant children. The facility subsequently closed, however, protesting Wayfair employees never mentioned setting up public listings for humans. Still, the Wayfair conspiracy theory has begun to take on a life of its own on social media and will likely become part of the extensive mythology regarding child sex trafficking brought to national prominence with Pizzagate. And then they kind of give a review of uh, Pizzagate after that. Uh, And again, kind of the, the mainstream debunking of Pizzagate, which mainly is, oh, child sex trafficking in a pizza parlor. That's crazy. Debunked. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of it was straw men where they're like Hillary Clinton personally right. held well, children the in thing. the basement. Yeah. 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 It, you know, they, the mainstream reflection of Pizzagate specifically said, uh, Pizzagate says that Hillary Clinton runs a pizza parlor with a dungeon in the, in the basement. Right. And that's not a, that's a total mischaracterization of the legit Pizzagate uh, theories. So anyways, I, I looked into some more of this a little bit and it goes much further than these cabinets. And we're seeing sort of a Pizzagate esque, um, you know, straw man type uh, debunking going on as we speak. But there's a lot of people who pulled a lot more um, uh, screenshots of tons of other products. Like there's a $10,000 pillow uh, with a name, like just has a single human name to it. And And the uh, prices change when they, they put in their, their personalization of the names and stuff that you can, uh, you know, sew into some of these products. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like a $30 thing. All of a sudden you start, you know, you want to put your personal name in there and it goes up to 10 K or whatever. Mm -hmm. Very bizarre. Yeah. They do say here at the bottom, while the so-called Podesta emails contained multiple newsworthy revelations, including the content of speeches Clinton delivered to Goldman Sachs and the leak of questions to the Hillary campaign in advance of a CNN town hall with 2016 Democratic primary opponent Bernie Sanders, Pizzagate was built on the unsubstantiated claim that certain words... Within the emails were, in fact, coded allusions to child sex trafficking in the arbitrary associations developed by conspiracy theorists, varied f- various food words, including cheese, map, walnut sauce, and of course, pizza no, no, no. were no, actually no. coded indications of no. people's preferred child victims, which is not debunked. I mean, well, that's, not, not there only is are it not FBI files that's what I'm saying. <laughs> These were that. based on FBI documents not conspiracy theorists and so i know this is just one of those things man where the the mainstream and this is newsweek i mean this is yeah, barely yeah, newsweek. like yeah, yeah look we we this joking, is mainstream we kind of this is yes mainstream light um yeah. you know they actually kind of do dip into some of the weird stuff once in a while and even they're so wrapped up in 
I mean, it's just lying to say that just specifically, let's just bring it down to specifically these code words, saying that these code words are crazy. These code words are from FBI documents that anybody can look up that states it has a list of icons, uh, uh, you know, logos associated with child trafficking, a list of code words that the FBI associates with child trafficking. And that's where people get this idea. It's not just completely made up out of whole cloth. Um, So, yeah, unfortunately. Now, I will say this just to give a little bit of hope. Um, there has been a ton of sex, tra- child sex trafficking uh, cases um, bringing people to justice all over the world. I mean, over the weekend, there were 16 more uh, guys um, got rounded up uh, all over the place. Well, Florida more something? than that, there's something like 30 or something um, around the world that got rounded up over the weekend, 16 of them in the U S and, uh, one of them or one or more of them associated with Disney world, which, uh, will ring some bells for people. Right. Yeah. Um, as long along with this, it's very interesting how we had Pizzagate uh, before the 2016 elections. And now we have Wayfair, uh, before the 2020 elections, there seems to be a lot of patterns emerging with all this right. stuff. Yeah. Uh, there was one tweet here, the Damascus push on Twitter allegedly uh, he said, well, he said this on Twitter. I don't know if this is true or not, but you're hearing a lot of this type of stuff on social media. Uh, okay guys. So I worked for this company. They are very, very meticulous about their pricing at what goes into each product set. There are no mistakes here. The only mistake made is they were caught red handed, literally uh, you know, bastards. I always thought Niraj was a creep. And there were other people saying that there's uh, some tiers within the company and like there was a top elite tier that no one can really access. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of people coming out and saying like there's some weirdness going on behind the scenes in general. So again, it's one of those issues where not surprising that this may have been going on, uh, not surprising that they, you know, that it gets public and it gets peddled as this crazy conspiracy theory. The truth is probably there is something to it. Uh, it mm-hmm. may not be all the claims you read on social media, right? But it, there's probably something to it, and uh, we're, I, I think if we're going to follow the pattern of the PizzaGate thing, you're going to have somebody walk into the Wayfair facilities and try mm-hmm. to shoot it up or yeah. something like that, you know? Because that uh, happened someone, with the PizzaGate someone's going to. It did. Uh, what was his name? Comic, Edgar Madison Welch. Cosmic Ping Pong. Comet, Comet Ping Pong, um, Edgar Madison Welch, which by the way, uh, one of the weird things about that whole story mm-hmm. was, uh, apart from him allegedly shooting in, you know, uh, firing one bullet and it hitting some kind of hard drive, luckily, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, right. Uh, was he was listed as an actor on IMBD. Right. Uh, his father is involved in some kind of child trafficking, uh, like exposing child traffickers or something like that. And even more closer to home, which is very bizarre is that he was somebody who followed me on Facebook and the morning it happened, somebody messaged me and said, Hey, this guy's on your friend list. And I was like, Oh, what the heck? And I remember (laughs) deleting him off my list. And I thought, Oh shoot, I should have uh, looked, looked into him a little bit before I did that page or something. Not only that, not only that his alleged fiance emailed me at one point and said, Hey, he's not a bad guy. You know, I want just I want people to know he followed your work. It was really weird. I didn't respond to it. 
at the time because I didn't want to get wrapped up into this whole thing. But um, yeah, it's weird that, you know, conspiracy theory people get sort of uh, pulled into it. And then uh, folks like myself getting contacted by family. It's just very, I was very skeptical of the very whole suspicious. thing. Yeah. It, it would have been very easy for me to do that and get, you know, thousands of followers and get mm. a huge buzz going or whatever. I just, uh, but you know, the whole you know, adage of don't become the story. <laughs> you just, yeah. If you're not involved, you shouldn't be involved. Yeah, you if shouldn't you be are involved, involved you shouldn't be involved. And, and yeah, you know, that's especially with what yeah. we know about, uh, how the FBI operates. That's not really a good thing to start and, getting involved with. And if you're curious about the title of this episode, the reason why <laughs> it's spelled weird, uh, is because, uh, according to some folks doing some research here, uh, wife or waif, 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 W A I F waif. Yes. Uh, the definition, a homeless, neglected or abandoned person, especially a child. Mm-hmm. Okay. And fair. If you spell F A R E, uh, of course, uh, everyone really, you know, they know the, the definition of fair, um, which is the price charged to transport a person. Mm hmm. So there so you go. Way the, fair. The, I mean, this is one of those ones. This is a, now this is not evidence of anything. No, it's not it's evidence. Just it's a just a weird coincidence weird, that weird somebody thing. picked out. Uh, yeah. Uh, waif being a stray person or animal, especially a homeless child and fair being the price charged to transport a person. Uh, just, a you know, just a weird thing. Mm, weird, yeah. weird thing. So I'm sure yeah, it's just this, a coincidence. This is a very know? new thing. <laughs> and, um, we certainly don't have any special information that anybody else doesn't have, but, uh, just to bring it to your attention and give our thoughts on it. Very suspicious. We will certainly, um, you know, I'm, I'm almost positive that there will be no public, uh, investigation, but just to give a little bit of hope, I do got to hand it to, uh, at least the messaging coming out of, uh, it seems like the, the FBI and law enforcement agencies around the world are trying to do something about this. And I think there certainly will be an investigation, um, yeah. whether or not Hopefully. any of that is made public, you know, probably not. Um, but we can only pray that, uh, well, probably not right away, maybe in a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, it'll, it'll come out, but you know, there was a, it, I, what I found interesting was, uh, Alex Jones coming out and saying, this is all a distraction. You know, distraction from other stories. Sure, Alex. And uh, <laughs> good old Alex Jones. And, you know, one of the things, I mean, he does have a kind of a point when you mentioned how there were other uh, big time busts recently. Mm -hmm. And uh, the one that I uh, wanted to point out was the sunstar.com.ph collaboration leads to German child sex offenders' arrests uh, and conviction. Uh, cooperation between Philippine and German law enforcement agencies resulted in the arrest and conviction of a German child sex offender and the rescue of his three-year-old son from online sexual exploitation of children. Um, and it says here, where's that number? Uh, I'm trying to find, cause I think there were, they were saying there's like 30,000 kids involved or something at some point. Yeah. Uh, can't find the art, the exact quote here on that, but, but anyway, just, it is true that again, like you mentioned, there were other rings taken down recently. And so, you know, something to keep an eye on that, that there does seem to be a lot more of this, these busts 
And if, uh, if that has to do with Trump, great, you know, root for him in that regard. Um, but if not, then, you know, who knows? Yeah, whoever's taking a, these guys down, good job. Keep going. Yeah. Uh, and, for uh, the remnant in the chat had a, uh, said, can you buy millstones from Wayfair? Very good. Very good little mm, Bible joke there. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. There's a, mm. I forgot the guy's name, Craig, Craig something also made a, a documentary recently where he literally, literally busts a bunch of like, you know, uh, what appear to be good citizens, you know, um, engaging in uh, underage mm. sex, basically. Sure. And uh, catching them right in the act and stuff. I can't remember the name of the film. I feel bad. I, I don't remember the film. But we talked about it a few episodes ago. Scroll sure. back, you'll find it. But yeah. <laughs> You know, it's very suspicious go. today, Gons. Usually mm. we uh, hang out in the top 10 rankings for talk shows and podcasts over on Twitch. Um, mm-hmm. And we are very far down the list today. Let's see, 12, 16, we're uh, 17th. I guess we're still, it's better than nothing, but usually we're hanging out in the top five or 10. Um, yeah. So I don't know. They don't like us talking about Wayfair, apparently. Mm, guess not. Yeah. Well, we can move on to uh, <laughs> the other thing that's taken over the world. Yes, let's do it. COVID. This is cbsnews.com. Feds charge phony church with selling toxic bleach as COVID-19 cure. Man, I feel like these, uh, these, this is all a, a lot of PSYOP going on. Yep. A Florida father and son have continued to sell a potentially deadly bleach product billed as a miracle cure for COVID-19 through a fake church. Despite a federal judge ordering them to stop, federal officials said in filing criminal charges against them. Mark Grenon and his three sons, Jonathan, Jordan, and Joseph, mm. are charged with conspiracy to defraud the U.S. and distribute mislabeled drugs, according to the suit filed in the Southern District of Florida on Wednesday. According to the criminal complaint, the four alleged, uh, allegedly pitched, quote, Miracle Mineral Solution, or MMS, a toxic bleach as a cure for COVID-19. Quote, oh, boy. They sold this dangerous product under the guise of Genesis 2 Church of Health and Healing. Uh, Genesis, an entity that allegedly, cre- uh, allegedly created in an attempt to avoid government regulation of MMS, according to the statement detailing the allegations. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration, quote, has received reports of people requiring hospitalizations, developing life-threatening conditions, and dying after drinking MMS, labeled death from COVID-19. Uh, I just added that last part. <laughs> Noted the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of Florida, which did not elaborate further. The government had already filed civil charges against Grenon and his adult children and obtained a court order barring them from continuing to market MMS. The family responded by threatening violence against the judge in the case, federal oh, officials said. Quote, not only is this MMS product toxic, but its distribution and use may prevent those who are sick from receiving a legitimate health care uh, receiving the legitimate health care they need. A U.S. district court already has ordered the defendants to stop distributing this product. We will not sit idly by as individuals purposely violate court orders and put the public in danger. Ariana Fajardo Orshan, U.S. attorney for the Southern District of Florida, said in a statement. Uh, Grenon in Bradentown, Florida, uh, of Bradentown, Florida, and his offspring, <laughs> interesting way to put it, his offspring could not be reached for comment. 
The family earned $500,000 in 2019 selling their potions to thousands of vulnerable Americans, according to Justice Department. Profits surged in March 2020 when the family began falsely touting MMS as a cure for novel coronavirus and taking in about $123,000 during the month, the Fed said. And it kind of goes on here with what it, well, there's only a couple more paragraphs here. That's uh, even though the FDA has for years warned consumers not to buy or drink chlorine dioxide dioxide products based, uh, geez, let me try that again. That's even though the FDA has for years warned consumers not to buy or drink chlorine dioxide products such as MMS sold as medical treatments. The legal action comes as part of the uh, government effort to stymie scams related to the pandemic with consumers pitched phony cure-alls for uh, or immunity uh, when there is no known, known vaccine or cure for... Whoa, hello. Baby. <laughs> mm. Okay, we got a baby in the house, folks. Um, uh, yeah. So that is the end of the article there. When there is no known vaccine or cure for COVID-19, the disease caused by the coronavirus. And the crazy thing about this is, the, the thing that drove me nuts about this, A, you know, them starting a fake church to sell this stuff thinking it would protect them is just silly. These guys just aren't the smartest tools in the shed, I think. And if you're going to sell a fake cure, why would you sell a fake cure that kills people? Bleach, obviously a toxic substance. If you're trying to sell something that's not going to have any effect, just sell mineral water or something. Come on, folks. Don't do something that they can actually get you on murder charges for. So, you know, where was this? This was Florida. Of course, a Florida father. Come on, Florida people. If you're going to sell uh, fake cures, don't make it actual poison. Just uh, put a little bit of Kool-Aid in there or something. And I'll get you the... the uh, the profits that you're looking for without the, you know, extreme <laughs> criminal charges. So how's baby doing? Uh, she's good. I don't know what she's doing in here. She's not supposed to be in here. Ooh. Baby, well, babysitter failing right now. She's sneaky. <laughs> she, her ninja skills are, uh, are getting quite well, good. I, she can elude grandma and grandpa and break, the door. And break into the sanctum. <laughs> I heard the door open and close. I thought it was just maybe a, a fluke, but maybe not. Guess not. Yeah. So anyways, uh, I was just telling the fine listeners here that, uh, you know, if you're more or less, if you're going to sell a fake cure to something, don't make it actual poison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good point. Put, put a little bit of salt in the water or something. Sell that. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, the, a lot of this stuff has been connected to, um, you know, quote unquote, the church. Um, who was it? Uh, Jim Baker got in trouble yeah. kind of at the couple months ago for doing a similar thing. Certainly not bleach, but touting uh, an unsubstantiated COVID cure. Um, I think it was like a silver. What is it called? The uh, 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 colloidal silver, which has been right. sold for yeah. quite a while. As so, you know, it's been kind of that uh, um, paramedical you know, parapharmaceutical type of uh, substance that people claim has all sorts of health benefits. And I don't know. I don't know anything about it. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. But yeah, if you're going to do something like this, don't make it straight up bleach. Um, <laughs> Haven't you heard, dude? Do some. Hey, come on, man. Look it up. Do some research. Didn't you hear bleach <laughs> clears everything? I grew up in bleach. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Let's uh, I got something here for you. COVID related. 
Schaubild. This is an interesting conversation that I feel like a lot of people are having. Uh, this is on a website called madinamerica.com, uh, and the sort of subtitle of it is Science, Psychiatry, and Social Justice. Um, but let's see what they're saying here. The article is titled, Is COVID-19 Making Everybody Crazy? I think so. The coronavirus pandemic has provided a golden opportunity for some psychotherapists, big pharma-funded entities, and others who have sounded an alarm, claiming that massive numbers of people are mentally ill because of fears of the virus and reactions to social distancing. Media producers have promoted these warnings during May, which was deemed Mental Health Awareness Month. A recent Washington Post article headlined, A third of Americans now show signs of clinical anxiety or depression. Census Bureau finds amid coronavirus pandemic made that claim. And in a recent New York Times article, psychologist Andrew Solomon reporting data that nearly half of respondents said the pandemic harmed their mental health. Shockingly, equated this with mental illness becoming universal reality. In a June 5th press release, the American Psychiatric Association, a lobby group for psychiatrists, reported an increase in psychiatric disorders during the pandemic that is based on an anonymous online screening tool, screening tools that allegedly tell the test taker whether they have a mental illness, including this mental health, uh, sorry, including this mental health America tool, and there's a link there. Uh, are usually based on a list of feelings and difficulties that most people feel sometimes. And the cutoff points they give for when you should seek professional help are not scientifically based. This tool includes instructions to take their depression test if you are feeling overwhelming sadness. Do we really want to call overwhelming sadness in response to the isolation, fear, and unknown future uh, occasioned by the pandemic a mental illness? They say to take their anxiety test if worry and fear are affecting your daily functioning. Who these days doesn't worry whether their mask is adequate, whether they have washed their hands enough times and in hot enough water, whether to stay away from a beloved elderly relative or fear of communicating the virus and thus increase their loneliness or go see them, wearing masks and gloves and staying six feet apart, but still worrying because they might find out later that six feet of distance was not enough. That was a one big long sentence of a paragraph there. Uh, such claims promise a vast expansion of the market for therapists, but such claims carry great potential for harm, adding to the burdens of people with upsetting but un. Uh, understandable, deeply human feelings by informing them they have a psychiatric disorder. Anyone having upsetting feelings deserves love, help, understanding, and support, whether from family, friends, or if they choose, from clergy or therapists. But people also deserve to know about the dangers of classifying all upset as mental illness. There are two common meanings of the term black box, and both apply here. One meaning comes from the Food and Drug Administration's black box warnings to alert potential consumers to a product's dangers and and has applied here people should be warned not to rush to call their upset mental illness when people are struggling suffering or responding in unusual ways they frequently fear their feelings uh, mean they are mentally ill and that they should be doing better 
than they are. One of the most helpful things that therapists can do is to let them know that their feelings are deeply human reactions, not signs of illness. A hard look at four facts makes it clear that caution is warranted before pathologizing reactions to the current pandemic. First, little is known about COVID-19 or how to protect oneself from it, and its effects can be fatal. So feeling confused, frightened, and terrified, powerless, helpless should not be classified as psychiatric disorders, but rather as normal and understandable reactions to extremely unusual events. As poet Heather McHugh observes in our daily lives, uh, uh, this is the next point here. As poet Heather McHugh observes in our daily lives under ordinary circumstances, we tend to avoid, quote, our fundamental mental terror at our own deaths, but the pandemic's massive concentration of so many deaths at once and the fact that our own death is now more likely to be imminent, quote, makes the burden of the knowledge of mortality weigh heavily on us. McHugh cites Audre Lorde's poem, A Litany for Survival, which ends with the line, we were never meant to survive, suddenly to be confronted with something so terrifying for many people that they usually drive it out of awareness is a is a shock and this is disorienting in its own way the fleeing doesn't work as well now so how to begin finding other ways to cope with our mortality next point physical isolation from others interrupts the participation in community that is proven to be healing and social distancing and stay-at-home policies drastically reduce participation in community Connections via Zoom calls have skyrocketed and can be helpful but have drawbacks. Many include numerous participants, which can inhibit deep conversations and feelings and creation or slash maintaining of meaningful relationships. Further, there is some strain involved in monitoring who is speaking and when to jump in, and it requires extra energy to remember to stay within camera range. Blah, blah, blah. I know how a Zoom call works. Uh, Next point, many people are grappling with increased loneliness, uh, alarm about losing jobs and work identity, new financial crises, and child or spousal abuse. Asians and Asian Americans have been targets of discrimination and abuse because of claims that COVID-19 originated in China. Many African Americans and Latinx people have Uh, and people in nursing homes, prisons, and psychiatric hospitals know that their risk of getting the virus is higher than that of others. Compounding fear, suffering, and anger about the reasons for the increased risk. Upset due to any of these causes should not be called mental illness. The same applies to frontline health care and other essential workers and people who have suddenly had to provide constant care for family of all ages and education for offspring or those grieving loved ones' deaths. As with military veterans traumatized by war or victims of all forms of oppression and violence, the last thing such people need is to be told their reactions are proof that they are psychiatrically disordered the message that they should be coping better only adds to their burden Um, and the article is significantly longer than all that but that does wrap up the point of this whole thing i thought this was interesting now they do sort of um you know they they just take mainstream uh info here so don't expect any sort of Uh, big twists and turns for the fringy people but i think the point of it still stands being that this is all unnatural and traumatic and horrible and uh you know this is not necessarily a reason to start branding people mentally ill 
there's a lot of um, not just practical downsides to uh, you know claiming mental illness or having that uh, category you know sort of stamped onto you but also you know it's it's a situation where pretty much everybody is being subjected to constant messages of fear and uh, distrust not only of uh, the people around them and, you know, in the subject of wearing masks and things, social distancing and stuff like that, but also, you know, the distrust of governments or medical uh, institutions, stuff like that. There's distrust everywhere. So the a constant onslaught of negativity, distrust, fear mongering, uh, the having to come face to face with the your mortality and look into the void as such. I still have in my VR over here. Don't know why. Um, but but, uh, you know, I thought this was a a a sober minded look, albeit sort of a mainstream uh, based approach that uh, this is all traumatic and there can be an overreaction to claiming yourself or others as mentally ill as a uh, as a result of that. Yeah, uh, although I do think that there is. Um uh, it, it does touch on the point of, uh, you know, having that thought that you are having uh, psychological effects from this, because certainly I've seen people's uh, behavior change, reaction change. A lot of what we see in social media of people freaking out in stores when they don't wear masks, either by the person, you know, busting out their phones and recording people or the person themselves freaking out about white uh what is it uh, china virus or whatever it is whatever the situation is it's created a lot more tension with people and while not every instance of that is mental illness i do think that it's uh it's causing a stress on the psyche of everybody oh totally and um and, and i think that's yeah that's kind of the greater point here and um you know i like to look at the cdc's own numbers and uh uh today as of today the this week there's 137 deaths reported from the coronavirus there was 469 last week so the death rate is certainly going down there there isn't really a it's it's been consistently going down since april so and this is the cdc's numbers so i i don't know this whole idea of a spike and all this kind of stuff a lot of it seems to be politically driven yeah obviously. well there's certainly a lot i mean the, the the conversation goes much deeper like you said and and the the numbers being presented in the mainstream certainly can and should be legitimately uh debunked or corrected but you know in this article now remember this is this is not necessarily a fringy person um no. writing this but recognizing the the psyop of it all you know i mean yeah. uh the constant pushing whether whether the numbers are correct or not you know constantly telling people that they're going to die and they're going to kill their loved ones uh right. you know the agenda being to keep everybody uh afraid and and uh, in a state of constant anxiety about the worldwide situation that they can do nothing about you know Especially with connections with the uh, the elites of big pharma and things like that. I mean, it, it, the companies that are selling anti-anxiety or anti-depression meds got to be loving this. This is their oh, dream yeah. come true. Uh, so it's nice to see somebody pushing back against... Mm, 
if not the official story, the the expected uh, the, the sort of expected result for a an individual, um, you know, especially when in in the in some weird circles. I mean. I don't know. Younger people, especially. I mean, I don't want to point anybody out individually, but, you know, the kind of SJW types is a certain a certain brand of young person um, where, uh, unfortunately, and I think some of them would admit this, you know, having something like a mental illness adds to your uh, your points. What, What is what is that point system called? Your privilege points? (laughs) <laughs> you know, sure. so if you have a mental illness, you are worthy of, of more uh, pity and, and uh, uh, you know, just the, the whole snowflake uh, idea right. that gets right. thrown around in conservative circles, you know. And yeah. so, you know, to see somebody who obviously takes the mainstream story and lean it in a way to have people you know, not be so quick to get under the, uh, the spotlight of mental illness, I think is a very healthy reaction. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm seeing some different comments in the chat here, but you know, one of the things that you have to realize when we point out things like the CDC numbers, we, uh, we pointed out last week how even the CDC admits on their own website that you know, and a lot of the death count is lab confirmed and not lab confirmed or, you know, verified by people that have a reasonable amount of, uh, uh, I can't remember the exact words they used, but it, it's all people based, you know, it's, it's, it's someone's opinion on many of these count, uh, many of these numbers. And so, yes, I, I get that a lot of these numbers are not correct in general, but even given that the numbers are way down and we're still, you know, we just, California is still going on three day lockdown, shutting stuff down. It's just, I think it's weird, but I think our little fringy type of approach is maybe the most healthy because <laughs> we're, we're, we're not pushing crazy conspiracy theories. Although we are way more to that side of things. No, it's, it's, but, I don't think we push many conspiracy theories at all. All we do is read the news. <laughs> well, yeah. I, well, on, on this show, yeah. But I mean, in terms of just our worldview here, we are way more skeptical of the official narrative than most people out there. You know, you call normies, if you will. And uh, having that, like, uh, that critical thinking approach to all of this seems to be the most healthy in, in looking at all of this. And again, you don't have to push this crazy conspiracy. When I say crazy conspiracy theory, I'm talking about, you know, the, the, the folks who say we know for a fact that they're having, they're going to have RFID chips in these vaccines. And that's how that's the mark of the beast. And it's going to track us period. No questions asked. That's what it is. You know, we're not pushing that level of uh, that narrative. Although we, again, we, you know, understand that those types of things are, possible and and you know that you got to keep in mind that uh certainly a forced vaccine is a lot more like a mark of the beast situation than anything we've seen uh but but still not totally buy into this complete public narrative which is absolutely freaking people out so yeah i don't know i think it's good that even your <laughs> i guess mainstreamy type of normie people are recognizing uh the inconsistencies being peddled out there 
and how society is responding to this and how it's not healthy, so to speak. So, yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't say necessarily this is society responding, but yes, this individual on this website, well, this individual who seems sure. to in, in any other case would sort of be a, a, a you know, a, a party line puller um, is stepping back and asking people to take a second look at, you know, the reaction of, uh, going for mental illness. Um, and so there we right. go. We agree. Um, we're going to yes. have to, we're going to have to pass over a couple l- less, um, important stories. I think we're already an yeah. hour and 20 minutes in or something. I know. So why I don't think, we jump um, down? Uh, we talked about the bees getting COVID, a COVID like, uh, disease affecting bees, uh, specifically, I think in the UK, that story was, but, uh, it's not just the bees that got to walk out, walk, walk out, watch out guns. I know, uh, before we do that, let me do one. It's not really a story. It's just a quick update. Okay. Uh, last week we mentioned how the new England, uh, medicine journal, um, <laughs> had quotes about how they, uh, I think I have it here on a tweet. Uh, quote, we know that wearing a mask outside healthcare facilities offers little, if any protection from infection, the desire for widespread masking is a reflexive reaction to anxiety over the pandemic. And then later in the same, uh, new England journal medicine, they stated, quote, it is also clear that masks serve symbolic roles. Masks are not only tools. They are also talisman that they may help increase healthcare workers' perceived sense of safety, well-being, and trust in their hospitals. Expanded masking protocols' greatest contribution may be to reduce the transmission of anxiety over and above whatever role they may play in reducing transmission of COVID-19. So we we pointed that out, and uh, we weren't the only ones pointing this out from the New England Journal of Medicine. But interestingly enough, on the 9th of July... Uh, the New England Journal of Medicine put out this uh, kind of editorial piece correspondence here, universal masking in the COVID-19 era. And uh, they state here, we understand that some people are citing our perspective article published April 1st uh, at the NEJM. I think it was later too. I think it was May, the one we were citing as support for discrediting widespread masking. In truth, the intent of our article was to push for more masking, not less. (laughs) Right. This is all a psyop, so we should all do it more. Yes, yes. It is apparent that many people with SARS-CoV-2 infection are asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic, yet highly contagious, and that these people account for a substantial... Which also goes against what the HWO (laughs) was saying, but okay. Yeah. Yet highly contagious in that these people account for a substantial fraction of all transmissions. Universal masking helps to prevent such people from spreading virus-laden secretions, whether they recognize that they're infected or not. Basically admitting that uh, everyone has to assume that they're infected. They go on, we state in the article that, quote, wearing a mask outside healthcare, uh, healthcare facilities offers little, if any, protection from infection. But as the rest of the paragraph makes clear, we intended the statement to apply to passing encounters in public spaces, not sustained interactions with enclosed environments. Bull. That is absolute bull because the whole article talks about how uh, nurses in, in medical facilities don't get the kind of protection that they think they have. So that is absolute BS here. Uh, and then it says, a growing body of research shows that the risk of SARS-CoV-2 transmission is strongly correlated with the duration and intensity of contact. 
The risk of transmission among household members can be as high as 40%, whereas the risk of transmission from less intense and less sustained encounters is below 5%. Uh, This finding is also born out of recent research associating mask wearing with less transmission of SARS-CoV-2, particularly in closed settings. We therefore strongly support the call of public health agencies for all people to wear masks when circumstances compel them to be within six feet of others for sustained periods. And so uh, they definitely are backpedaling on some of the stuff they said before. And if not backpedaling, directly contradicting stuff, the stuff that they had published uh, as recent as I'm going to look at the date here of the one we quoted um, May 21st. So about a month and a half, which again, categorically states that masks are a talisman. I mean, I don't know how else to really, they didn't address yeah, any of I that. Mean, maybe I think it might be valuable to, to, if you want to look up the relevant definition of talisman for people, we've talked about talismans in the past. Um, I mean, actually for years, talismans being a very powerful sort of, uh, idea in human society. Um, so I don't know if you want to look that up real quick. Yeah, Talisman. Uh, as a definition here is uh, defined as a noun, an object, typically an inscribing ring or stone that is thought to have magical powers and to bring good luck. Yes. And furthermore, you, you know, in a, in a current uh, context, <laughs> that, that's sort of the, a magical thinking type of um, uh, object, definition. which yeah. you, you can certainly apply in certain cases here as well, depending on what perspective you want to take at the, at the moment. Um, but you know, basically being a signifier or uh, a symbol rather than an effective <laughs> object Tool. to do something. Yeah, yes, it's a, it's a signaling device. And uh, the New England Journal of Medicine saying that more than anything, masks are a signaling to other people that we're all in this yes. together. And so, yeah, yeah which is another yeah. reason why now talismans even in sort of the secular sense uh being a very powerful tool for social engineering um which is why they were so excited to make such a big deal about it because of course in their worldview a talisman that controls people is a good thing um but of course when they saw that that being used in a negative term they needed to backpedal and change their story which we see over and over and over which is why we have to do three shows a week gons because not only you can't just go off of the information you were giving given even days ago you must constantly update on what's going on and I see people in the chat uh, referring to articles that we went over a couple episodes ago. So if you haven't uh, checked yeah. it out, go back. And yeah. we're, we've been covering a lot of information on, on a lot of mainstream articles, but also articles from uh, doctors and people that have written about how nobody has died, apparently, from yeah. COVID-19, and, stuff and, like that. So. And, you know, it's a valuable thing, actually, to go back and listen to past episodes. Um, you know, if you have the time for that, you should definitely do that. A good uh, way to do that is to uh, hit the podcast version of the show, uh, much yeah. higher quality, and you don't have to sit at your computer and watch a video. You can just have the podcast playing while you do your chores. Um, so just search out. Canary Cry News Talk on whatever podcatcher you want. 
Okay, guys. And uh, oh. yeah, you wanted to get into the animals. I just want to real briefly go through the the new list of animals that can catch COVID <laughs> or similar things. Uh, we yeah. talked about the bees a couple of weeks ago, a COVID-like disease affecting bees in the U.S. Um, but now we're over on the New York Post.com here. Deadly new bunny Ebola. Killing thousands oh of rabbits across the U.S. Bunny Ebola is the saddest thing I've ever heard. It's like <laughs> it's like puppy AIDS or something. I don't like it. All right. Little bunny flu-flu-flu. Little bunny flu-flu. Very good. As if the world wasn't plague-stricken enough, a deadly new virus that's more contagious than the coronavirus is sweeping across the U.S., killing thousands of both domestic and wild rabbits in the Southwest. Quote, we refer to it as bunny Ebola. Ebola. Texas veterinarian Dr. Amanda Jones tells the cut of the leperin affliction, whose official name is rabbit hemorrhagic disease virus. Uh, and while the disease is not related to Ebola, an ailment marked by hemorrhaging, hem, yep, hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging. Uh, it does cause lesions in rabbits, organs and tissues, which result in internal bleeding and death. Even more peculiar, many of the affected creatures' noses start bleeding post-mortem. Quote, Yikes. We still have no idea where it originated, Ralph Zimmerman, New Mexico State veterinarian, tells The Cut. However, since April, the U.S. Department of Agricultural... The U.S. Department of Agriculture has confirmed RHDV2 cases in Arizona, California, Colorado, Nevada, Utah, Texas, and New Mexico. Nearly 500 bunnies in New Mexico were were infected between March and June alone. And there you go. And there's some more uh, facts about bunny Ebola, but it's just another plague going on at the same time. We got a bunny plague and a human plague. And then uh, secondly here, I'm over on the San Francisco gate, sfgate.com, article titled, Never Before Seen Bacteria Kills 60,000 Fish in California. Ugh. bulging eyes erratic swimming darkening skin and swollen abdomen these are the symptoms of a mysterious new bacterial infection killing tens of thousands of fish in california right now reports the daily press in victorville a bacteria identified as lactococcus ooh, garvey Garvii, Garvier, uh, which had never been found in the state until April, has caused a mass outbreak of disease killing up to 60,000 fish at the Mojave River hatchery in San Bernardino County. In measures uh, that are hard not to compare to the coronavirus pandemic ravaging America, <laughs> around 3 million rainbow trout and other species have been quarantined as scientists try to understand the novel pathogen that has resisted treatments to cure it. Hmm. Rhetor a lot of rhetorical connections being made here. Mm -hmm. Fish pathologists do not know where the bacteria came from in the first place. Quote, honestly, we're learning new things about this every single day. Jay Rowan, an environmental program manager for the California Department of Fish and Wildlife, told the Daily Press. Treatments attempting to rid the hatcheries of the infection have so far been largely futile. Staff at the Mojave River Hatchery gave the fish and antibiotic feed that cost over $75,000, but the bacteria is still spreading, according to a statement. This guy's doing it wrong. He's doing it wrong. <laughs> fish masks. 
Oh, get that's the fish what masks. we need to do. Put masks. And the bunny masks. Got to put masks on the bunnies, on the fish, tell them to stay away from each other just, just for a few days. Yeah, so there you go. We've got uh, plagues ravaging all forms of life right now in different ways. Pretty, pretty interesting. I mean, especially when you compare it to sort of a biblical, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the, the the biblical scope of these plagues. So, and yeah. same same characteristics. Don't know where it came from. Don't know how to cure it. Don't know anything about the 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 thing about the disease. We just gotta put masks on all the bunnies and the fishies. Fish masks. Yeah. I'm telling you. And the bees. It's Don't forget the bees. All the bees. Come on, take a break. Gons, I heard some people in the chat asking for the Twitch link, so we'll drop that in oh, there for you. But we, we want to take that. a quick little break here. Don't go anywhere, though. We're just going to take a quick break and thank some people. And after this, we've got uh, we've got a lineup of 33 updates. Uh, for those who don't know, 33 is uh, the a signaling number, a hiding in plain sight signaling from elites, uh, which makes it difficult for us to know exactly what's being signaled um but it is uh it's another one of these coincidence i think not type of things so you'll get your 33 updates we've got some uh, some more trouble in in paradise for the bidens um new new things happening with the bidens that to, just to to stack to the, a big old stack of problems going on in the biden family and then we're going to be talking about some fires going on um so stick around don't go anywhere we're just going to take a quick minute here and thank some of our new twitch followers we want to thank our twitch followers because uh, uh youtube has recently demonetized everything uh the youtube videos get taken down the youtube streams get interrupted and so uh, one of the most reliable ways to watch the show and higher quality is to head over to twitch.tv slash canary cry radio that also helps gons and i out quite a bit helps us uh, support ourselves keep the show going um and so we appreciate it very much uh, even as a backup, even if you are a, a YouTube uh, fanatic, you you just love it so much, you don't ever want to watch videos anywhere else. That's okay. We recommend you go to twitch.tv slash canarycryradio and follow even as a backup. Turn on notifications um, because uh, there there is talk about youtube not sending out notifications to our shows cutting off streams etc etc so uh i want to thank real quick some twitch followers guns you got your dinger ready yes i do okay i also have baby in my ear you got a baby and a dinger okay so try to keep up here uh we're gonna thank some people i'm just gonna zoom through so here we go first of all i want to thank keen peachy zero Thank you very much. We got Conspiracies Do Exist. We got the Skeptic Mystic 23. Sway Monkey. We got Forsov Habit, but it's kind of like spelled like habit, like a nun's abbot. Forsov Habit, thank you. Ashby 86. Jojo 82482. Iceberg Gaming TTV. Fresh Vibes Daily. Boba Fett 1. Spider Monkey 77. This one's good. Lucky number 33. There we go. Somebody's paying attention. King Bowser. Allergic to BS Dude. (laughs) 
John 195711. We've got tall white male. And white male spelled <laughs> white uh, M-A-I-L. Oh, this is a hard one to read, but I'm just going to take a running start. I'm Mr. Meeseeks. Look at me. <laughs> We've got some Rick and Morty fans here. Chipmunk. Oh, wait. Chippy McMunk. Didymus, 1979. Uh, I've read these ones already. There we go. That's the end of the list. Thank you very much to all the new Twitch followers. We appreciate it. And if you're out there watching uh, on YouTube or DLive or Facebook or anywhere else, um, you need to maybe pick one or two other outlets and uh, follow us there. Uh, turn on notifications. Um, just a helpful suggestion for everybody. Um, okay. Anything else we need to do on this break, Guns? Okay. He's dealing yeah, with a yeah, baby. <laughs> he's got a baby in his ear so i think unless i hear anything else from gons i think we're going to just come on out of this break and wake up sleepyhead oh he is away from the computer hold on hold on okay. hold on sorry <laughs> trying to trying to do this okay hold on let me uh, play the jingle and then you can do the next story sounds yes, good it's wake up time hey y'all wake up Hey, all wake up. Okay, here we go. Now, just for some 33 update for everybody. Uh, this is kind of silly, but this this um, this story is everywhere, but I am taking it from TMZ.com. You know, it's fun to just go straight to the most mainstream of outlets and see what they have to say. So, TMZ.com, the article is titled, Naya Rivera, Dead at 33. Sheriff says no sign of foul play or suicide. Okay. Sheriff Bill Ayub says they are confident the body discovered in Lake Piru today is Naya Rivera, and there's nothing to indicate any foul play took place or she died by suicide. This was simply a tragic accidental drowning death. Now, uh, well, let's see if they cover the, the uh, details here. Ayub says Rivera was discovered in the northeast portion of the lake near the surface of the water. Her body will be taken to the Ventura County Medical Examiner's Office for autopsy and positive identification. The sheriff says investigators used FaceTime calls Naya had with family members to help focus their search, along with speaking to other people who rented boats the day she went missing and saw her on the water. Ayub says based on a conversation with Naya's son, the two went for a swim and she was able to boost him back onto the boat, but when she turned around, she disappeared below the surface. The current was apparently very strong the day Naya went missing, and Ayub says it may have contributed to her drowning. She says her boat was not anchored when she went for a swim with her son. Naya's family was taken uh, to her in a boat after her body was discovered. The, uh, then they've got some updates here. The Ventura County Sheriff's Department is set to hold a press conference at 2 p.m. Pacific time about the recovery of Naya's body. It's unclear if any friends or family will speak, but TMZ will be live streaming. Uh, a powerful moment uh, just occurred at Lake Piru, where Naya's body was found Monday morning. Fellow co-stars from her, uh, of hers from Glee stood shoulder to shoulder with members of Naya's family holding hands and looking out of the water. So there's, uh, yeah, there's, the TMZ is not really a great outlet here. They're, the way they structure their articles is pretty frustrating. But the fact of the matter is, so 
Uh, Naya had been missing and she was a star from the television show Glee there. So we've got an entertainment connected person. Um, she had actually been missing for a while, which makes a couple of these uh, details kind of I don't know, which is very interesting. One that kind of stood out to me was uh, just just to make note of the sheriff says investigators used FaceTime calls Naya had with family members to help focus their search, along with speaking to other people who rented boats the day she went missing and saw her on the water. A couple of things that don't add up for me personally is, well, if she was with her son and put her son back on a boat and then drowned, why didn't we know? It's just very strange how we didn't know that she drowned and they used FaceTime calls to find the body. Well, if people, first of all, using FaceTime calls, meaning either they just had a FaceTime call, you know, on somebody's call Screen list that she knew, yeah. or they had access to the video recording uh, that she made, which is, you know, just something, uh, you know, in a, in a legit investigation like this is not that big of a deal, um, you know, as far as privacy concerns are, uh, you know, concerned in the story. But it is a little confusing and they don't really address the fact that, well, they know exactly what happened and that people were present when she died. Then why did it take so long to figure out that she was missing and then find her body and all this if it happened right in front of at least her son? They don't mention who else was uh with them except i don't know maybe the son was just alone on the boat and didn't tell anybody i don't know this doesn't make much sense to me i think, I think the son was alone after the fact but did you read the part where it said Corey monteith who was a lead on the show in its heyday died seven years ago on the same day naya's body was discovered july 13th ah there it is he yeah. was killed in a uh, in 2013 by a deadly cocktail of intoxicate intoxicants, including heroin and alcohol. So that's oh, weird. that is interesting. Yeah, yeah, I do remember his uh, I don't know suicide or death um, a while back. But yeah, that was weird. It's found on the same. Her body was found on the same day from seven years ago. Now, again, remember she was missing for a while. So I don't know yeah. what's going on here, but, uh, whenever you see 33 put up, uh, up in front there, um, that, uh, that's something's being communicated and you yeah. might think, well, that's just one person who's 33. What's the, what's the problem? You know, lots of people are 33. Well, Here's another one. This is NewYorkPost.com. Joe Biden's family racks up arrests for drugs, drunk driving, but no jail time. Um, why don't we hit that Biden jingle? I'm a cup of Got hairy legs. Cup of Got hairy legs. There you go. In August 2019, Carolyn Biden, 33, a niece of former Vice President Biden, was busted in Lower Marion Township, Pennsylvania, for driving under the influence and without a license. Public records show while the case is active, it's unlikely Carolyn will face much in the way of consequences if history and Biden family rap sheets are any guide. Her arrest, which was never made public, was at least the ninth among Joe Biden's close family and followed incidences involving his brother Frank, his son Hunter, and his daughter Ashley. The cases ringing, uh, ranging from felony theft to drug possession. Why would anybody in the Biden family need to 
commit a felony theft anyways uh they Biden were, family seems to be a lot of in, involved in a lot of weird crimes troubled, that they just get away with troubled people yeah the cases <laughs> ranging from felony theft to drug possession were all either thrown out or resulted in light sentences with no jail time according to a post review of public records and published reports the pennsylvania drunken driving caller was the third run-in with the law for caroline who is the daughter of joe's younger brother james biden senior in september of 2013 she was booked for allegedly hitting an nypd officer doing during a full-scale meltdown at her tribeca apartment following a dispute with a roommate over unpaid rent the case was dismissed after caroline agreed to anger management treatment <laughs> isn't that isn't that nice you can assault a police officer and just agree to take some anger management courses and completely get out of it a lot of people in this country wish that they had access to that type of bargaining in 2017 she was busted for spending more than $110,000 on a stolen credit card a felony conviction was later tossed and she was allowed to uh, replead to the lesser charge of petty larceny as part of a sweetheart deal negotiated by her attorneys she avoided jail time there's no evidence that joe biden now the presumptive democratic nominee for president ever personally interceded on his family's behalf but the string of favorable outcomes has raised eyebrows quote eric garner or george floyd on the day each died could have benefited from the biden touch criminal defense attorney robert barnes told the post barnes who is currently representing central park karen amy cooper uh, added that the kid gloves for biden's kin was very unusual treatment when looking at the treatment over time geography and kind of crimes involved biden's campaign spokesman tj ducklow uh, when asked if biden ever made phone calls calls to law enforcement on behalf of busted relatives said no he didn't and this entire story is garbage <laughs> whoa okay whoa settle down there buddy tj <laughs> settle down tj the trouble for ashley biden 39 started with a pot bust when she was a student at tulane university in 1999 new orleans police confirmed the possession arrest of the daughter of the then delaware senator but no conviction was recorded in court records 10 years later during her father's vice presidency video circulated showing a woman resembling ashley snorting what appeared to be cocaine at a party you can't prove nothing Joe Biden refused to comment on the reports and there were no legal consequences. A second misdemeanor arrest for the Biden daughter was reported in 2002 after she allegedly attempted to obstruct a police officer making intimidating statements after bottle throwing brawl outside of a Chicago bar. The charges were dropped. Ashley hung up the phone when contacted by the post. Joe Biden's brother, Francis Frank Biden, 66 won the prize for the most bizarre Biden family bust when he allegedly stuffed two DVDs from a Florida blockbuster down his pants in October 2003, <laughs> cops said. He was 49 at the time. He never showed up for a scheduled court hearing on the attempted <laughs> theft, and the state uh, attorney declined <laughs> to prosecute. 
According to records obtained by Miami News Times, he had more serious scrapes with the law, as we've covered in the past. He was pinched in August 2003 for drunk driving in Fort Lauderdale, earning six months probation. He was arrested a year later for driving with a suspended license, but avoided jail again by spending three months in rehab. In 1999, Biden was a passenger in a car involved in a fatal drunk driving accident. He was found partially liable for the death of 38-year-old William Albano and owes his family almost a million dollars, according to the Daily Mail. Details of that uh, 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 drunk driving incident that killed the father of two young girls included uh, the detail that Biden's brother, uh, who is this? Is this Frank we're talking about? Uh, yes, Frank was drunk and threw the car out of gear while they were driving down the road um, just to kind of screw with the driver. And that ended up killing somebody, which he has avoided paying for almost 20 years. So there you go. We know about Frank. Let's see. And we've got uh, Hunter Biden and his history of drug abuse. We know about that as well as the issue in Ukraine. Uh, let's see here. There was a pretrial intervention. Uh, that This is about his drug thing. Um, yep, 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 yep. I'll skip the rest. There you go. Eh, so more Biden troubles, of course, starting out the article with a good old 33. Um, and, you know, I would have to guess on the signaling of this uh, being that Biden's if you're in the Biden family, you can get away with literally murder and still <laughs> be fine. So this might be some uh, signaling for, you know, no matter what Biden does, he still gets to try to be president or maybe be president. We'll see. Um, let's see here. And it's to, uh, yeah, there's another 33 here, but this one, this is interesting because it's not an age, but, um, it's, uh, it's mentioned from the other side. So I'm a got hairy legs, got hairy legs. This was a tweet sent out by Donald Trump jr. Joe Biden's record of plagiarism goes back decades. Uh, today, he's the same dishonest plagiarist he was 33 years ago. There it is. Oh. Yeah, and it's uh, it's kind of a funny clip. This is an old uh, newscast of Joe Biden basically saying the same type of stuff as another politician from another country, by the way. And it, uh, you know how we have these mashups now of um, you know newscasters saying the same thing mm -hmm. over and over and over again. It's very similar to that, but this is from like the, I guess, 88 or 87. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'll play uh, about a minute here of the report. Democratic presidential candidate Joseph Biden today faces a controversy. Three weeks ago at a debate at the Iowa State Fair, he used phrases identical to those delivered by British Labor Party leader Neil Kinnock. Biden seemed to be claiming Kinnock's vision and life as his own. Why is it that my wife is sitting out there in the audience is the first in her family to ever go to college? Why is Gladys the first woman in her family in a thousand generations to be able to get the university? My ancestors who worked in the coal mines in northeast Pennsylvania and come up after 12 hours and play football. Eight hours underground and then come up and play football. It's because they didn't have a platform upon which to stand. There was no platform upon which they could stand. <laughs> kind of goes on here. There's multiple reports yeah. of the kind, but one of the things that's weird though, is, uh, a he says a thousand generations. You know, why is my wife the first to go to college? Did they have universities a thousand generations ago? 
<laughs> a thousand anyway. generations. I don't even know if. <laughs> I mean, that's like back before big biblical times. That's pre-biblical. Before added. That's the the uh, yeah. The, well, pre they, they might be. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're uh, they're tipping their hand. Yes, they're, he's referring to. Uh, <laughs> The, the Atlantean days, or even before that, the, the pre-Adamic race is who these politicians are related to. So anyway, it's another, you googly eyes. Uh, you know, somebody brought up, <laughs> brought up how there's a bunch of weird deaths recently. And um, I, uh, I did note on Twitter that Lisa Marie Presley's son, Elvis Presley's grandson, yeah. Was found dead in apparent suicide. He was 27 years old, mm-hmm. and uh, 27 is a very famous age to die for musicians. 27 Club. Uh, yeah, I mentioned a few: Kurt Cobain, Robert Johnson, Jim Morrison, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, Amy Winehouse, Brian Jones, and uh, I listed who else, but uh, I don't think I got a whole other, whole uh, list of other people. And some people didn't quite understand the the reason why for the list. But um, yeah, uh, there's been a, quite a few, uh, you know, 27 deaths. And of course, two plus seven is nine. And you got the, you know, the nine number, the occult number there. So just something to point out as uh, a lot of celebrities seem to be or celebrity related folks seem to be going down here in the last, uh, I don't know, week or so. I mean, it's, it's constant, but definitely uh, some stuff happening. Got and, him. Uh, <laughs> got him. But that's, uh, you know, it's sad when you see people that young die. Yeah. Especially when they're associated with, uh, you know, rock legends like Elvis Presley. Yeah. Well, well whoever, argue, any, uh, any 27 year old, that's too soon. Yeah. Um, too all right. Soon. Tell me about these fires guns. You're all fired up about these fires. Oh, the fires. It will kill everybody. It will kill. And the, uh, fires will burn. Oh, where's my burn it all? Uh, jingle. Do I not have it? I thought I prepared the burn it oh, all. Jingle. No. Hold on, give me a second here. You have let, let, me, it let it burn in here. Let it burn. I know, but I'm but oh, where's my where's the jingle for it? Oh gosh, did I lose it? That that was like a constant on my little board here. Well, anyway, we'll find it later. It doesn't really matter. Uh, okay, so there's a bunch of stories about fires, uh, particularly interesting regarding uh, churches. Uh, the first one I had here, this I'll just read the headline for this one because it's not really as relevant as the other ones, but MSN.com reported Union Pacific Rail Yard in North Platte site of large fire where, where a rail car loaded with automobiles at Union Pacific's Bailey Yard in North, North Platte was consumed by fire. I don't think anyone was hurt with that one. Uh, and then this one here, BostonGlobe.com. Virgin Mary statue in Dorchester burned an alleged arson. Ooh. And I'll read a little bit of this if the story pops up. There's no story popping up here. What is going on with that? I got it here. You got it? Okay. A statue of no the Virgin text. Mary near St. Peter's Church in Dorchester has was left charred after someone set plastic flowers in the statue's hands on fire Saturday night, according to Boston Police. Officers responded to a report of a fire about 10 p.m. Saturday near 284 Bowden, uh, Bowden Street, 
where the statue had been set afire, police said in a statement. An unknown suspect set fire to the plastic flowers tucked in the statue's hands, which are clasped in prayer, according to the statement. On Sunday morning, the upper body and face of the white statue appeared blackened, drawing stares from passerby. The statue sits at the entrance to a parking lot for a teen center and therapeutic day school across the street from St. Peter's Church. Quote, whoever is responsible for the desecration of the Holy Mother's statue is clearly a troubled soul, said Terrence Donnellan, a spokesperson uh, for Cardinal Sean O'Malley, in a statement Sunday afternoon. Mary represents all that is good and pure in our world, he said. We have confidence in local law enforcement to investigate this matter. We pray for the person or persons responsible. Police said the incident is under investigation and request that any member of the public with information contact uh, detectives. Blah, blah, blah. Burn it all. Oh, no. Somebody who was not very happy about the uh, Mother Mary statue being there. Or at least maybe no. they just hate plastic flowers and Mary was <laughs> just uh, collateral damage. Yeah. Uh, and then there's uh, obviously the story. Well, let me uh, well, let me go through this Navy thing and then we'll go back to uh, church related fires. Okay. Uh, this is Fox News via MSN. Navy raises injury toll from USS Bonhomme Richard Blaze to 57. Fire still burning. Uh, it's a couple hours ago from well, maybe a few hours now firefighting teams in san diego california worked through the night and into the morning to extinguish a fire that continued to burn abroad the uss bonhomme richard hmm. as the navy on monday raised the injury toll to 57 people and uh, if you're watching you got some uh, pictures of the fire the fire uh, broke out abroad the ship docked at naval base san diego around 11:30 a.m local time on sunday More than 22 hours later, the Navy said the fire was still burning. Hmm. Five of the injured were sailors who were admitted to local hospitals and listed in stable condition, the Navy said. The other 52 injuries included both sailors and civilians who received treatment for minor injuries, including heat exhaustion and smoke inhalation. The Navy initially reported the fire had caused 21 injuries, quote, as of 6.49 a.m., firefighting teams continue to operate on board USS Bonhomme Richard LHD-6, in addition to aerial firefighting operations that commenced via helicopter water bucket at 1.30 a.m. PST, with two helicopters from Helicopter Sea Combat Squadron 3, the Navy said in an earlier update. The fire's cause was unknown and pending an investigation. On Sunday night, the Navy moved two guided missile destroyers, USS Fitzgerald and USS Russell, that were docked near the USS Bonhomme Richard to a more distant pier. Three years ago, USS Fitzgerald was involved in a collision at sea near Japan that killed seven sailors. Mm. Parts of San Diego woke up Monday to burning electrical smell that result, uh, the result of the acrid smoke billowing from the ship fire, Fox 5 San Diego reported. City and county health officials issued air quality warnings advising residents to close their windows and limit time spent outdoors if there is a strong smell of smoke in their area or if they have health issues. Quote, in areas of heavy smoke, assume that air quality levels range from unhealthy to sensitive uh, for sensitive groups to unhealthy for all individuals. The county's air advisory warned, according to the station. In areas with minor smoke impacts, assume the air quality levels range from moderate to unhealthy for sensitive groups. 
Uh, Rear Admiral Philip Sobek told reporters Sunday there were no large caches of weapons abroad the ship and that he was not concerned about the toxicity of the fumes the station reported. Uh, if you look at the type of fire we have, again, an ashy fire. There's nothing toxic in there, Sobek said. It's just black smoke, and we're starting to see more white smoke, which is a good sign, as if they're picking a pope or something. Huh. Uh, the ship was in San Diego for scheduled maintenance. So yeah, it might just be coincidence, but uh, very strange that a military ship would burn uh, to that level, yeah, and, well, uh, along with all the other fires. It said at the beginning there that there was an explosion. You know, there's a, yeah. they're hospitalized following an explosion and then talked about it being a fire. I'm, I'm scanning the rest of the article here. I'm having a hard time seeing if they know exactly what the cause of the explosion was. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was unclear what caused the explosion, but that there is right. a low risk for secondary explosions, he says. Huh. Interesting. Well, you know, there's certainly in the history of explosions on naval ships uh, docked in harbor, it's rarely something benign. I mean, that's uh, certainly going to well, be some investigation in there. The last time uh, a kind of Navy ship was, uh, or at least there's no fatalities here, but at least uh, had some kind of explosion, was it, uh, did it spark a war? Or was there something in between? There's got to be something. Yeah, there's one that a few years ago, uh, I believe, down in California, there was actually a terrorist attack. Somebody drove a a um, a little Zodiac out with explosives and and blew up, oh. uh, blew a hole in a ship that was out. Uh, oh not right, docked, right. I remember that. Yes, I remember that. In Southern California. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So maybe maybe there's been a few more, but. Um, there's one more story here that I wanted to get to with this. Do you want to read this one? Sure. It's from foxnews.com. Here we go. Foxnews.com. The article is titled Catholic Churches Burned, Vandalized Over Weekend as Police Investigate. Where's the Outrage? A slew of Catholic churches from Florida to California were burned and vandalized over the weekend as police continue to investigate whether or not they are connected to protests targeting symbols and statues. Interesting how even from Fox here, this is categorized as uh, if they're connected to protests targeting symbols and statues and not a hate crime directed towards a religious group. Hmm. Following George Floyd's police-related death in May, Black Lives Matter leaders and protesters called for the toppling of statues from Confederate symbols to former U.S. presidents and abolitionists. Oh, clever Fox. Activist Sean King called for all images depicting Jesus as a white European and his mother to be torn down because they're forms of white supremacy and racist propaganda. Meanwhile, people on social media point out the lack of mainstream coverage of the weekend incident. Quote, churches are being burned to the ground. What? Mike Cernovich, a controversial right-leaning author, said in a video on Twitter, why is this not the biggest story of the day? Sean Sean Feet, a California worship leader and pastor commenting on the incidences, uh, asked, where's the outrage? A man in Florida plowed his vehicle. Oh, this is a is this a, oh no no a man in florida That's plowed his vehicle into the queen of peace catholic church as it was preparing for morning mass on saturday poured gasoline in the foyer and then set the building on fire before driving off the marion county sheriff's office reports wow this is extreme this is not just a mysterious fire in the night 
Um, Stephen Anthony Shields, 24, was arrested and charged with attempted murder, arson, burglary, and evading arrest. He told investigators what he did was awesome and that he was on a mission as he smiled and laughed while admitting to setting the church ablaze, according to an arrest affidavit obtained by the Okala Star Banner. Shields, who lives in, in nearby Dunnellan, told a detective he was he has problems with the Catholic Church and has been diagnosed with schizophrenia and is not taking his medication, the Star Banner reported. Despite the church foyer being heavily damaged, Mass was celebrated Saturday and Sunday, according to local news. Around the same time as the Florida incident, a 249-year-old Catholic Church in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles caught fire. The San Gabriel Church, which was undergoing renovations for its upcoming 250th anniversary, went up in flames around 4 a.m., burning the roof and the insides of the church. That's interesting. During renovations, that's uh, very similar to the Notre Dame fire, if you remember, from last year. Remember when Notre Dame catching fire was the biggest world catastrophe? I've lost yeah. him. He's gone, no, folks. No, I'm here. Sorry. It's <laughs> okay. really not working out with the baby here. You got it's a baby running around. Very. I don't know why she's in here. Okay. So the why cause, do I pay the babysitter? <laughs> the cause of the fire is under investigation, but the recent destruction of monuments to Junipero Serra, the founder of the California Mission System, whom indigenous activists view as a symbol of oppression, will be a factor in the investigation. Captain Antonia Negret, or Negretti of the San Gabriel Fire Department told the lo- the local Fox 11 news outlet quote, this will be another box that they're going to check off. He said, adding it's a tragic loss for our city. It's our city identifier, Uh, a statue in the Virgin Mary. So they talk about the statue that we just talked about. Um, Yeah. Wow. A lot of church fires, other church incidences over the weekend. Also another church fire in San Diego is being investigated by police as the 1230 AM Sunday morning blaze seems suspicious. The department's Metro arson strike team said Calvary Baptist is a historically black church, though its website says it has become a multicultural faith community in recent years. President Trump has adamantly opposed toppling any monuments and symbols, signing an executive order to protect them and punish offenders with prison time. Yeah, so not just Catholic churches. We got this uh, Calvary Calvary Baptist also uh, getting set ablaze on Sunday morning. This, uh, I don't know, man, this kind of uh, this this smells a little bit of some uh, some serious persecution troubles here. Yeah, and uh, I I find it curious that they quote Cernovich here in this uh, in this article. Uh, Cernovich being notoriously tied to they say right wing uh, or extreme right wing or what is it fringe right wing whatever they called him right leaning author okay controversial right leaning author. Um, and he actually, he blocked me on Twitter, uh, because he made all, he made that okay sign over uh-huh. and over again. Right. And I made a video just asking the question. I didn't really accuse him of anything. I said, why are you doing that sign over and over again? I know it was, it was like the, you know, the thing in the, uh, around the 2016 election, 
But, uh, you know, we've pointed out how that symbolizes the 666 as well. Yeah, well, that that symbol gets a lot of guff because now it's a far right wing symbol that's been banned in a bunch of ways. Um, And it's also just one of those symbols that you kind of make without thinking about it. So there's been a bunch of people canceled for no reason. Um, (laughs) But yes, also that symbol being the 666 symbol. So yeah. you you can't make the OK symbol anymore. No matter who you are, you're going to get canceled for one reason or another. Well, especially especially with him, he made it a bunch of times with uh, prominent figures and stuff like. There's pictures of him all over the place, and it just seems like one of those things that you're signaling yeah. to whoever your handler is or whatever is going on. And the fact that he blocked me for just asking the question <laughs> yeah. is uh, also well, very interesting. I've blocked people for less. <laughs> Yeah, see, I don't really block people. Maybe that's my, my uh, character default, but yes. I'd rather just let them say whatever and just you just you, know. you like the pain. I <laughs> yeah. I actually I, I like to, the misery it brings. I actually had to block somebody in the chat today because I was just tired of their their guff. <laughs> I did it. I did it quietly. They're probably very angry okay. at me, but I I just had probably. to do it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the whole church thing, I, I do think it's very strange. And certainly the fact that, uh, you know, it's Fox News picking it up and quoting Cernovich is also suspect in my, uh, in my view. Yeah. 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 Well, there you go. Um, let's see here. Is there anything else in your, in your fire playlist you've got here? Not really. I mean, this is a. You know, again, it's just bringing up the point that it it just seems like they are doing this divide and conquer and they are they are pushing out the right wing, so to speak. Uh, uh, I don't know, like a a outrage or kind of like a roundup of the right uh, to to get behind a certain type of message and burning down churches could be one of those rallying cries. We may see more of this. Oh, certainly. As a way yeah. to, uh, if enough to, churches to start getting burned down, that's going to uh, mobilize a certain part of the right as well. Right. Which, you know, right, right. if you're looking at this in the context now, uh, who knows if this is actually what's the plan is, but if you look at it in the context of trying to spark another civil war, uh, that's a good way to mobilize at least one side of that. We've already got, a militant left uh, arming themselves, which is a story that we will talk about after the break. And uh, of course, the right, uh, you know, there's there's certain ways to mobilize them into violence as well. Um, and yeah. we see all of this happening and we'll discuss this more right after this break. So you don't want to go anywhere after the break. We're going to be talking about uh, the black militia. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, some some Nazi T-shirts. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. We're gonna do the a VR little, time machine. Yes, the VR time machine. Another little VR update, as well as a little cyborg story. Um, so all sorts of stuff coming up after the break. Don't go anywhere. But Gons, let's take a break. It's break time. Come on, take a break. Come on, take a break. Okay, everybody. Thank you so much for sticking with us. I'm just going to refresh here. I do not believe there's any more Twitch followers, so that's okay. Well, that'll shorten up this break a little bit. But we want to take the opportunity to thank some of our new producers. Now, what do you? What am I talking about? Well, here's the thing, folks. Oh, I almost choked on my own self. Um, 
We we subscribe <laughs> to the value for value model. What does that mean? Well, you're probably used to content creators, YouTube videos, podcasts, all sorts of media advertising uh, in order to support themselves. And here's the problem. We believe, and a lot of other people believe, that advertising is uh, one of the main reasons why the world uh, is in such disarray. And, uh, you know, I might go deeper into that because some people don't quite understand the impact of advertising driving uh, all media right now. Um, but uh, let me tell you, it's a it's a huge reason uh, for the echo chambers and the uh, the uh, the over exaggeration of stories, the clickbait, the everything. It's all based on advertisement, and so you know it's part of this uh, world system, this worldly system of monetizing uh, content. And we said, you know, no thanks. That's not how we want to do it. We don't feel right about that. We do not feel right about gaining your your trust and your attention and turning around and selling it for our own personal gain. So instead, we used to use the term donations, you know, we accepted donations, but we soon realized that that wasn't uh, correct. That wasn't the truth about what was going on. Instead, when people listen long enough or they value the content we create uh, enough, uh, instead of becoming donors, they become producers of the show because this is the war. This is the real world, baby. We are not just some uh, hobbyists. This is the real deal. So if you help support uh, and pay for the production of our material, you're a producer. You're not just a donor. You're not just a listener. You're not just a generous uh, person. You are officially a producer of the show. And today, Gons, we have a couple of uh, new producers. You ready to hear about them? Let's do it. Okay. One, I want to hear their names. Yes. One easy way to help produce the show financially is by going to patreon.com slash CCNT. Uh, that's for Canary Cry News Talk. And today, since last show, uh, let's see. We got no no new producers on that Patreon. Let me pause. So there you go. Okay. Slow slow week for, for Patreon.com slash CCNT. But I'm hopping over to Patreon.com slash Canary Cry Radio. And there we have a, uh, a brand new producer. Everybody thank and welcome Chad uh, for supporting the show. And Chad actually sent a message. Um, let me scan it real quick because I don't want to give away anything he didn't want read on the show. Um, dip, 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 dip. Well, he says, I've been a longtime listener all the way since I first found Gonz's first Age of Deceit video uh, about a year or two ago when it, uh, when it was first released. It was released significantly before that, but he must have found it. Or maybe he found uh, Age of Deceit 3. Um, and Gons, he wanted to let you know that because of that video, uh, I found the saving grace of our savior. I was a truck driver for 13 years. And a lot of those years were spent with you two as my co-drivers. So first of all, thank you two for what you do. I can't wait uh, to one day meet you both in this life or the next. And then um, he tells us a little bit more about his personal situation after that. So thank you so much, Chad. Uh, and we appreciate you becoming a producer of the show. Keep on listening, thinking outside the cage. Um, Shoo, hallelujah. That's right. Now, so there you go. Those are two ways you can uh, become a producer. Patreon.com slash CCNT and Patreon.com slash Canary Cry Radio. 
But here's the thing. A lot of people don't like Patreon, and that's okay because we've got CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. That's right. And over there at CanaryCryRadio.com slash support, we've got uh, PayPal options to support the show. You can make a recurring monthly uh, uh, contribution to producing the show or make a one-time donation in any amount. Uh, Dang, there's that word donation again. One-time contribution uh, to become a producer. Um, Let's see. And today, Gons, over on the PayPal, who do we got? We have a good handful of people recurring, but a new recurring supporter or producer, Wesley. Wesley. Hey, Wesley. Thank you very much, Wesley. You are and, the uh, man. Uh, I do want to say that uh, we had what, a, a couple deletions of supporters on the Patreon Canary Cry News Talk. Yes. We're at 189 patrons, Ooh. and it'd be cool if we can get to 200. That would you be know? a nice little... Good, good nice little uh uh, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Accomplishment. Number. Nice little yeah. accomplishment. Um, and not for us. That's not a, I mean, we, we, we do what we do, but it's an accomplishment. Uh, it's a statement about our, uh, listenership, you know, that they, uh, value what we do and that they want to, um, hit a certain goal and support the show and keep the show going because we're only able to keep doing the show because of our generous producers. We got nothing else. There's no ads. The YouTube has been demonetized. All we got is you folks. And, uh, because we're on the value for value system, whether you've been listening to one episode or 10 episodes or a hundred episodes, however many you've been listening to, uh, please take a second and consider what it's worth to you. What has it been worth to you? What is it worth to you today? And what's it going to be worth to you when we're back on Wednesday? And uh, if you, you know, there you go. Take that into consideration. Pray about it and see if you are led to help produce the show because we cannot do it without you. Thank you so much. And remember uh, to go to canarycryradio.com support because not only do we have PayPal options, but also some uh, cryptocurrency options there for all you crypto folks. Uh, if you're looking for a different way to support the show, that's a great way to do it. Boom. Yep. Okay. Yep. And uh, remember, there's other great ways to support the show, creating jingles for us, creating art for us, all sorts of good ways. We'll talk to you a little bit more about that uh, after our next segment, bringing you the goods. And Gons, you know, I don't know if you have it lined up, but... Um, we had a a pretty good uh, mom. I mean, we've had several good mom jingles come in, but there was a new one that came in last week and the producer just wanted to remind me about it. I don't know if you have it lined up for today, but we might line that up for Wednesday because um, we like doing stories about moms because they keep the world a turning. Um, yeah, I forgot to do some of the... Uh some of that. Uh, I don't to, think... To look I didn't see any artwork stuff. come in for this week either, so... Or yeah, no. So there you go. Um, we'll do check back in on all we'll that kind of it. fun stuff on Wednesday. So yep. thank you very much, everybody. And uh, Gons, what do you say? Let's get back to the show. Oh, I do want to remind everybody. We also have the Canary Cry Roundtable of Knights and Dames, which is a, uh, a special elite group of producers who over the years have given, uh, who, who supported the show in $1,000 or more. Um, some of that's 
one-time donations. Some of that's uh, long-time recurring donations. Very cool. And we like to honor those supporters, um, those producers rather. No new knights or dames today. So there you go. We're waiting for our next knight or dame to show up. We love to, uh, to honor you on the show. Um, but okay, Gons, let's, uh, let's wake up. Yes, it's wake up time. Hey, y'all, wake up. Okay, so this has been floating around for at least a week. Um, I think a little bit more than a week. And people, uh, longtime listeners, or at least listeners in the past couple months, will remember my enthusiasm for uh, the the black citizens in Minneapolis who armed themselves and created uh, community patrols um, because the police were unavailable in their town, you know, and these are people who, you know, these are not necessarily uh, people who want to defund the police. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't, but they are law abiding citizens uh, legally carrying uh, you know, firearms to protect their own neighborhoods um, from a lot of chaos that was going on in Minneapolis. And uh, there's some more interesting stuff. I, I don't want to connect these black militias to Minneapolis uh, per se, but there's an interesting movement going on and we need to talk about it. So I'm going to, now here's one of the big problems, Gons. This is a well-known thing going on, documented in videos and statements from these actual uh, militia members, and I could not find any mainstream outlet talking about it. I couldn't even find a Fox affiliate talking about it or something. Um, so, you know, I tried really hard to get a mainstream uh, look on this, but I just couldn't do it because they're ignoring it. Even though, I mean, there, there's there's verifiable videos and statements from these organizations and yet being completely ignored by the mainstream. And of course, uh, we'll get into theorizing about why that's the case. But I'm over here on andmagazine.com com uh, and expert analysis and commentary so here we go this article is titled black lives matter leader declares war on police says will develop highly trained military arm now my suspicion is that this is a right-leaning uh, outlet here so keep that in mind as we try to sift through the details um, but let's do it in an interview oh so there it says there is a daily mail thing maybe i can pull that up um, yeah. Okay. Well, I do now have this Daily Mail article put up, which is the most mainstream article I could find. So let's take it from there. So in fact, I'm going to go from dailymail.co.uk and in classic Daily Mail fashion, they've got a whole paragraph as their, <laughs> as their uh, headline here, but it reads exclusive. We prepare to stop these murders by any means necessary. Black Lives Matter leader declares war on police and group is training our people to defend our communities in Black Panther style armed patrols. A Black Lives Matter leader has declared war on the police and plans to release a blueprint for change that involves Black Panther style armed patrols monitoring the behavior of officers on the streets, Daily Mail TV can reveal. Hawk Newsom, chairman of BLM's Greater New York chapter, says the Black Rights Group is mobilizing its base and aims to develop a highly trained military arm to challenge police brutality head on. In an exclusive interview, Newsom said, 
says the BLM movement uh, has marched for years to wake people up to the realities of police brutality and oppression. And he believes that since the tragic death of George Floyd, who died after his neck was pinned under the knee of white police officer Derek Chauvin during an arrest on Memorial Day in Minneapolis, people have finally awoken. Quote, it's our obligation. It is our duty to provide people with a pathway forward, he said. Uh, quote, we want liberation. We want the power to determine our own destiny. We want freedom from an oppressive government. And we want the immediate end of government-sanctioned murder by police. And we prepare to stop these government-sanctioned murders by any means necessary. We are prepared and training our people to defend communities. The bold and potentially inflammatory statement will likely infuriate those who have grown angry with days of BLM protests that have sparked violence and destruction across America. New Newsom is currently in Los Angeles, a city devastated by rioting this past few days, where he held a think tank attended by members of the BLM Greater New York leadership and, quote, military advisors. The meeting was held at the offices of Incredible Entertainment, owned by actor and musician Nick Cannon, a fervent BLM supporter who also attended. In a conference room at the trendy compound in Burbank, Newsom said the group hammered out details of the Black Ops blueprint, which stands for Black Opportunities, a new direction he hopes will be the beginning of the liberation of the black people. Black Lives Matter has tens of thousands of activists protesting the death of George Floyd in dozens of cities around America and across the world, and BLM's Greater New York chapter has emerged at the forefront of the movement as black rights become a topic for debate. Newsom, 43, an imposing 6 foot 6 inches, who wore shades and smoked a thick cigar for our photo shoot, believes his group can lead the war on police. Hmm. I gotta scroll through some images here. He says the police have waged war on black people for decades, but his chapter is escalating the battle. We're talking about self-defense. We're talking about defending our communities, he explains. Quote, you know what it's like to see a taser pointed at a seven-year-old. You know what it's like to see a 67-year-old black woman pepper sprayed and pushed to the ground. Newsom wearing a black I can't breathe t-shirt with beads and an Ethiopian religious cross pendant around his neck said his group has military advisors on board to get the job done. Quote, we have black special forces officers advising us and we'll teach and train people in our communities. The Black Ops Department of Black Opportunities, he said, quote, what we'll see is people put in place to defend our communities from police who will murder us and get away with it. In a move reminiscent of the strategy adopted by the controversial Black Panther Party in the 1960s, Newsom said BLM will create peace officers who will patrol black communities to challenge law enforcement and stop police police brutality. Asked if the police officers would be armed and open carry their guns in the states that allow it. I'm sorry, I think I misspoke there. Asked if the peace officers would be armed and open carry their guns in the states that allow it. He said, yes, absolutely. Founded in 1966, the Black Panther Party 
party's core practice was its open carry armed citizen patrols, known as cop watching, to monitor the behavior of officers of the Oakland Police Department and challenge police brutality in the city. But members of the BPP were involved in a string of fatal firefights with police, while many others were convicted of assaulting dozens of police officers. However, the group emerged as one of the most influential black movement organizations of the late 1960s, and at its height in the 19 in 1970 it had 68 offices and thousands of members across america more scrolling the bpp also became synonymous with the black power black power symbol a symbol displayed on a giant banner on the wall at nick cannon's offices which newsom posed uh, for photos in front of the blm chapter chairman doesn't hide from the fact that his group's blueprint replicates some of the ideologies of the bpp BPP, which is the Black Panther Party. Quote, we pattern ourselves after the Black Panthers, after the nation of Islam. We believe that we need to arm, we need an arm to defend ourselves, he says. We will build and train peace officers to keep the peace in our communities, to defend our communities, to keep our communities safe. I don't see us working with police. I see us policing ourselves. I see us teaching black people how to police their own communities. Newsom says his chapter is now raising a war chest and plans to build a headquarters in an unused church in New York. But while big money donations have been flooding in from celebrities and high worth individuals, he insists his group won't accept the corporate dollar quote we've never received a corporate dollar as black lives matter hmm. greater new york oh, okay so his specific chapter claims to not have received corporate dollars he said quote we've had an immense amount of support from nick cannon we've had support recently from rihanna and her savage fenty brand but most of our donations are small dollar donations from regular people of all colors who respect what we stand for quote when we start talking about black opportunities and building our war chest to defend ourselves from the war on the poor to defend ourselves against the war that is anti-blackness in America, then people will have to meet a certain criteria. Mm, let me see how much more we have here. Okay, we're almost finished. Newsom says the blueprint also aims to ensure that the black community has fair housing, economic empowerment, and wants to nurture entrepreneurship. Quote, we want freedom from oppression and we don't, and we don't believe in equality, but we fight for equity and access, he said. Interesting. The Bronx native who recently returned from a trip to Minneapolis also says education is key and he wants to teach people how to use the law as a tool. Quote, we want to teach knowledge to our people, teach them their history, which American textbooks omit. We want to teach them about the law, he explained. We'll bring in kids and teach them and train them in the way that the Black Panthers used to do. Newsom says the organization also aims to feed the poor, but it's people in positions of power to make a change for the better and push for new legislation in government. But as rioting continues across the nation, Newsom refused to call for an end to the violence and looting. Instead, he believes the world needs to be more empathetic towards the rioters. Quote, you're talking about people who have been told time and time again that their black lives don't matter, he said. You're talking about people who witness their peers and their family members in 
incarcerated at unfair rates. You're looking at people who are miseducated. And then to add insult to injury, the government allows police to come in and kill us and allow police officers to continuously get away with killing us. Any person would be outraged. Newsom said the looting is ultimately a product of capitalist America and its treatment of the black community. They want to go out, uh, this quote, they want to go out and grab all those things that America told them that they should have, but they couldn't have, he says. Quote, the people are poor, people are desperate, people are frustrated. So what do you expect them to do? People want to destroy because they're angry and they're frustrated. He added, quote, Black Lives Matter didn't create this violence. Black Lives Matter is a product of this violence. The rioters are the product of the violence. Newsom, who has a large uh, Newsom, who has a law degree and was a project manager at a law firm before becoming full time activist, says Black Lives Matter Greater New York has risen to the point where it is one of the most effective BLM organizations in the world. He describes its president, 19 year old Nupal Kiyozolu, as the second most influential young activist behind Greta Thunberg. BLM Greater New York's blueprint will be unveiled in Times Square, New York on Sunday at 12 p.m. The document will be delivered to black communities across America. So there you go. There's the whole thing. That was was quite the read, but I think uh, valuable to get every word in there. Now, this was put out actually uh, about a month ago. And since then, we've seen a lot of videos uh, of maybe the growing uh, movement of the black militia there. Uh, Many of you may have seen the video. There was recently a march through a national park um, to demand tearing down of another Confederate monument. Uh, Of course, there's videos floating around um, that some people claim Uh, being harassment tactics towards regular people in cars, Um, just, you know, just hanging out, not necessarily police, uh, uh, police operatives, police officers, and, and those connected with it. In fact, there was some questioning in one of the videos uh, where one of these militia people was knocking on the window of a man sitting in a minivan asking, who are you with? Uh, Probably, um, indicating that they were th- may have thought he was maybe an undercover cop or something like that. So, Gons, are you there? Or are you with the baby? I'm here. I'm okay. Here. So, what are your thoughts yeah. off the top of your head? I've got a couple other uh, stories with more details, but right off the top here, what are you thinking? I, I not knowing a ton of history about. Mm-hmm. The Black Panthers, I haven't done an extensive study on, you know, their movement. I know they were violent mm-hmm. in certain instances. Um, but one thing that I found interesting was that uh, the FBI in 1969 declared them as a communist organization. Mm-hmm. And so back in the 60s, they were synonymous with, uh, you know, the kind of the communist takeover of America based on their tactics and based on their philosophies. And so it's just interesting that today, in this resurgence of this communistic move in America, uh, that they would be mobilizing the Black Panther-ish type of movement again. And, um, you know, there's a, I find it interesting that, uh, because on one hand, a lot of what uh, this gentleman here, Newsom, a lot of the gripes he has is class 
warfare, not necessarily, you know, black warfare, although I get it that there's a lot of uh, black communities and stuff that are oppressed and, and things of that nature. Specifically in, you know, poor, you know, in poor speci- neighborhoods. Yeah, yeah. Statistically poorer as a whole. Right. Right. And I, and I get that, but it's, it has a lot more to do with, I think, class warfare and economic um, a type of uh, not capitalism itself. And he actually goes after capitalism, right? In the article, I think he mentioned how capitalism created this, uh, but really it's more of like a crony capitalism <laughs> that created these types of inequalities. And it's not really an open, uh, a free market capitalism that has thrived. Um, and, you know, the centralization of the central banks and stuff like that. So it's, it's the same stuff that's oppressing everybody. Uh, but, but the response, I suppose, is different depending on how you identify with the issues. And although there is a, a part of me that understands a sort of uh, a move towards this direction and using a, a sort of, a, you know, the kind of uh, defend yourself type of libertarianism type of philosophy, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm worried that it, it, it sort of trickles into a more communist type of move without even realizing it, especially, you know, having ties with Islam and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just philosophically, I'm not saying that each individual here is, is evil or anything like that. It's usually a philosophy that uh, ought to be criticized in this type of situation. Well, yeah. It's and, a, uh, the biggest criticism I think from us about uh, communism or socialism in general is the power that it puts in the hands of the state and how that right you know if history is to be you know used as an example you put you put too much power in the hands of any organization but especially a state it uh, inevitably is misused and and if not misused uh, allocation is n- not as fair to everybody as as the uh, ideology would hope yeah, it's the same. You know, I'm bringing it up all the time. But for it's example, George Uyghur Muslims <laughs> in China by the millions in quote re-education camps today. Right, that's right. what communism gets you. Yeah, and the the story, the George Orwell book. Uh, of course, he's famous for 1984, but he also had the book Animal Farm. And um, and in that book, the is supposed to be kind of the the same story of communism mm-hmm. and how you know the pigs in the farm basically tell or or convince all the other animals that they're being treated uh you know unfairly by the humans right. and so hey help us take over the humans and of course everyone gets riled up they buy into it and ultimately in the end the the pigs take over the farm mm-hmm. and the animals who helped are left to their, you know, the, the same situation they're in before, just now this time, instead of the humans in charge who are actually helping, you know, feeding the animals and stuff and at least respecting the animals. Now you have these pigs yeah. that are in charge and, and it's worse. The yeah. situation is worse. So I, I, I just feel like the ideologies, uh, the, the, I, I guess the idealism with any type of movement is, is based on the certain types of like context of, of the evil, the quote unquote evil that they're trying to eradicate never really turns out the way they hope, you know, and, and the fear here is that there is a violent turn to these groups that uh, are there, you know, they're saying all the right things. We're here, they're, you know, trained militia, those types of things 
are part of a, a more libertarian uh, sort of philosophy. But again, it can easily spill into the communistic type of move and a lot of people can get hurt Yeah, uh, because of the fact that they think they're defending something more righteous. And even, you know, within the history of the black Panthers, of course there were, there were uh, police murders and stuff like that, but there were also a lot of murders of their own people. Um, one suspecting of, uh, you know, working with the FBI, their murders uh, within the ranks. Yeah. And so that becomes a problem if you're all about freedom and stuff, but then you suspect that they're working with the white man or whatever, whatever, you know, is the accusation. And all of a sudden you have murders from within and that just heightens more violence. And uh, I don't know. It just feels like it is being set up for uh, something not so great. Yeah. But. Well, it's interesting. I mean, on the subject of violence, because as we saw with uh, Chaz up there, up there in Seattle, yeah. Chaz Chop, you know, uh, this self-policing idea is is interesting. And the problem with the discussion surrounding violence in these groups is that they don't even claim to be nonviolent. You know, they're, they're right, right, like, right. It's like, oh, of course we're violent. Right. It's, the a, it's the natural of, response. The subject of violence is not even part of the conversation. The subject of violence is is brought into the conversation uh, by outsiders, which not to say that that's uh, the wrong thing to do. It's probably the right thing to do, you know, but these people, you know, not claiming to be nonviolent, you know, so to bring up the conversation of violence, if we, if we were talking to one of the members today and saying, Hey, somebody's going to get hurt. They'd say, yeah, probably. Right. <laughs> That's right. the point. Um, yeah. But uh, so this is an interesting one. We got, these are BLM specifically BLM affiliated uh, militias. Again, uh, re um, sort of reigniting the black Panthers just in general, like he said multiple times, he wants to replicate the Black Panther movement. And but something to remind, so just some things to be reminded about, uh, because it's easy to have a, a, a fast response to this kind of story. But uh, you know, wherever you're landing on this, there's a couple things to keep in mind, um, especially as you know, as many of our listeners are second amendment supporting people. Um, right. so when the Minneapolis people started up their, uh, their self policing, uh, community patrol type people, it was a small group, uh, of people living in the neighborhoods that they are patrolling. And that is totally cool. Uh, in my opinion, you know, the, the police were legitimately the, the logistics in Minneapolis at the time were if you called 911, nobody would show up. Um, and there were people taking advantage of that. Uh, and there's a couple things to remember in the context specifically of this Black Lives Matter group and the Black Panthers. One of them is. You, when you talk about the Second Amendment and gun control, gun control was only only began because of black lives. No, sorry. Gun control only began because of Black Panther tactics um, where, you know, when violence was being perpetrated uh, against uh, black people in the 70s and 60s and i believe i don't have you know the documents right in front of me but this even was happening before that um that uh, black panthers and black panther types 
actually were the ones that sparked the entire gun control issue because they would show up on government property and they would do armed stand-ins much like we saw uh shoot what state was it we saw it during you know the pandemic where armed um you know this in this specific instance it was mostly michigan yeah armed militia members mostly white would show up at a government building fully armed fully you know decked out and all their cool stuff (laughs) and uh you know they used it to make a statement it was an armed stand-in well the black panthers used this same tactic back you know half a century ago and it was only when they did that that gun control began the history of american gun control began uh and you know not to mention that it was began by democrats who didn't like uh you know black panthers armed in their government buildings but that's beside the point um and so we've seen this before and so as it's a complicated it seems like an easy decision especially for you know just for whoever um but if you're a second amendment supporter you know this is one of the situations where you're like well shoot i mean this whole thing is what started gun control and we're always you know trying to push against as much gun control as possible because it's our right as americans to be able to you know uh, at least send a message to a tyrannical government that they better not overstep any boundaries that's i mean explicitly the the reason for the second amendment and so what we have here is a group of of let's let's just assume law-abiding citizens arming themselves and trying to make a statement um, but as you know like i said the the violence issue is a big issue because I don't know. I personally don't want more violence in the country that is already happening. Now I'm not uh, necessarily in the position of somebody who might join a group like this. So, you know, my, my perspective is not the only perspective. Um, yeah, it looks like we're buffering a little bit on the live stream here. Oh <laughs> yeah. Start well, talking about when you issues. start talking about the real history of gun control yeah. and the reason for the second amendment, they're going to cut you off like that. So yeah. if, if it well, drops, everybody remember to, uh, follow us on, on a podcatcher canary cry news. Talk. Right. Um, the other, the other thing to point out is a lot of the sentiments shared by this guy, uh, are similar sounding to the quote unquote terrorist groups. Yes. out there hezbollah hamas al-qaeda they all kind of had a similar mission statement and that that seems to suggest some type of uh intel operation a mm-hmm. counter intel operation so yeah you know with that you got to keep that in mind too that this type of stuff may be you know they say they're not funded directly or you know they had a, a famous uh what is it nick cannon yeah hollywood guy funding it it's always very strange and suspicious when that when you look at the money and it's always tied into some of these, uh, uh, I guess, uh, you know, uh, Hollywood ish types, um, especially with the, uh, you know, the recently, a lot of the BLM financing, the, the main group there, mm-hmm. bunch of corporations sending in billions of dollars to this organization that, uh, clearly outlines the, <laughs> the downfall of a nuclear family. Like they don't want the nuclear family. Like right. what, are you, what are you even talking about? That has nothing to do with race or anything. Yeah. It's just, you know, so it's just very troubling in that regard when you start going down this path. But um, again, I understand the sentiments, although, you know, I have, uh, I get that it's only a small percentage of the African-Americans that, 
you know, quote unquote, make it uh, in the financial sense. But, you know, you keep paying attention to the NBA and, and professional sports in general, the NBA being a particular uh, league that I'm a big fan of the NBA, but my goodness, with all their social justice stuff, they're going to have like BLM signs on the court and whatnot. And uh, some people uh, are against that, even from within the black community. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the fact that these are millionaires, right. millionaire African-Americans standing there saying, you know, oh, there's injustice against black people. Maybe, I mean, I guess I get that they're speaking for the, the, the you know, the black community who is not, you know, who I guess are marginalized. I get it. But why not just speak for everyone who's marginalized, you know? Sure. Um, but anyway, th- those are just observations and, and you know, just my opinions on some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I find it troubling when, you know, we talk about oppression and all this stuff, when there are examples all over the country of non-oppression, of, of people making it, of people succeeding, especially financially. And yeah, maybe it's not enough. Maybe millions, uh, millions of dollars is not enough. You want more billionaires in the African-American community or well, the, who knows? I, I will just say a, a, a response from somebody who would get into this argument with you, uh, which is not me, but I, I, because I pay attention to the ideologies and the responses right. to these types of things, the response yeah. would be that a token black millionaire is not indicative of the lack of a systemic of problem. System. Um, right. And but, so there you go. You can, you can I would, prepare <laughs> your response to that for when you, I know, I know. And I would argue, I would argue that you can, you can definitely look at certain demographics and statistics and see that more African-Americans are poor in this country than uh, your, you know, your token white man or whatever it is. Uh, But there are also, if you're just going by the numbers, there are more uh, white or I guess, you know, European descent uh, homeless people in this country. So, you know, it's just one of those things where you're always, if you're going to always divide things and divide people and define people by race, you're always going to be in a circular argument about, oh, this is better. That's better. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. It's always going to be by race. And it just really, it undermines a, a very basic biblical message of, you know, no Greek, no Jew, the, the whole race idea. Yeah. The breaking is down by nature. of identity through the crucifixion. Yes. Yeah. Right. And so that's, that's kind of my point with all that is that not that one argument for one race is correct or another. It's more so the whole thing undermines, you know, what, Jesus did on the cross. There you go. So, well, I want to take a second guns and I want to compare and contrast uh, that story of a uh, more black Panthers uh, community patrol, black lives matter affiliated armed group versus a different group. This is newsweek.com. The article is titled armed black militia challenges white nationalists at Georgia's stone mountain park. About a thousand heavily armed militia, all of whom were black, marched through Georgia's Stone Mountain Park on Saturday, challenging white nationalist groups in the area to either come out and fight or join them in demonstrating against the government. Stone Mountain State Park officials said the black militia group was peaceful, orderly, and escorted by police as they called for the removal of the country's largest Confederate monument near Atlanta. Videos posted to social media show the group 
the Not Effing Around Coalition, uh, NFAC, <laughs> meeting at the massive nine-story quartz sculpting uh, that depicts former Confederate President Jefferson Davis and Southern Generals Robert E. Lee in Stonewall Jackson. NFAC, the Not Effing Around Coalition, uh, Coalition. Founder Grandmaster Jay told Newsweek via phone Sunday that the militia members at Stone Cold uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin Mountain uh, <laughs> that the militia members at Stone Mountain on Saturday were 100% black and they are not, listen to this, they are not affiliated with Black Lives Matter. Quote, mm. we are a black militia. We aren't protesters. We aren't demonstrators. We don't come to sing. We don't come to chant. That's not what we do, he said. The NFAC head explained why several videos show the militia members alongside demonstrators earlier in that day before heading to Stone Mountain. Grandmaster Jay told Newsweek the sister of Richard Brooks, who was killed outside an Atlanta Wendy's by police last month, requested the NFAC militia provide her with a security escort to a downtown rally that began at the site of her brother's death. Quote, our initial goal was to have a formation of our militia in Stone Mountain to send a message that as long as you're abolishing all these statues across the country, what about this one? Grandmaster Jay said, referencing the massive Confederate carving. Now, let's see. Uh, we're going to get to a picture. Where is this picture? Can you pull up, um, maybe just do a Google image search? Because you kind of need to see Stone Mountain uh, to understand what it, the, what it is they're asking for. <laughs> So pull that up, put it on the screen. Let me know when you got it there. I'm going to keep ringing. Oh yeah. Reading. I remember seeing this. Yeah. It's, it's a humongous mountain with a carving into the side of it. I mean, as far as like, as far as monuments go, it's a pretty impressive monument. Um, but it's a gigantic rock. Maybe, I don't know, a thousand feet high. Space rock. Yeah. It, it's akin. It's akin <laughs> to Mount Rushmore and it's, size and you know uh construction um the article continues he added this so to tear down that monument you'd either need a stick of dynamite <laughs> or or uh you know just, you, just get a, a pickaxe you need and to just go refurbish after it, the whole hole. mountain somehow yeah all right uh, the article continues. He added that he must commend Stone Mountain police for offering the all black militia support as they exercise their constitutional rights on July 4th. Quote, it was all black. There were no brown people, no white people. Everyone was black. I am not a protester. I am the commanding general of my militia. We were swearing in new members, he added, highlighting there was a second militia show of force Saturday near Phoenix. Then there's a little video there. I don't know if you want to play that just to kind of get an idea of what this uh, uh, congregation looked like. It's men, women. They're all dressed out in black. Uh, pretty Black Panthers looking. And they all got their AR-15s. You know, good American gun owners there. The Coalition of Black Militia met at the monument, which is historically tied to the birth of the Ku Klux, Ku Klux Klan and has more recently been the site of white nationalist rallies. Leaders of the militia frequently halted the protest to challenge local white supremacists and far-right Second Amendment advocates to stop hiding. I don't see no white militia. The Boogie Boys, referring to the Boogaloo Boys, the Three Percenters, and all the rest of these scared rednecks we hear 
uh, where the F you at? We're in your house, one protester said into a PA system during the Stone Mountain Park March. He's not a protester. They're not a protester. They're directly calling out people they... Uh, um, that are categorized as their enemies there. John Bankhead, a spokesman for the Stone Mountain Memorial Association, said the protests were orderly and acknowledged the Confederate monument is frequently used as a meeting place for far right-wing militia. Quote, it's a public park, a state park. We have these protests on both sides of the issue from time to time. We respect people's First Amendment right, Bankhead told WXIA-TV. Uh, we understand the sensitivities of the issue here at the park, so we respect that and allow them to come as long as it's peaceful, which it has been. Videos shared by the visitors to the park Saturday showed several militia members responding to questions from confused motorists asking, who are you guys? One member of the militia immediately threw the question right back at one white motorist and asked him about slavery, slavery reparations. Uh, quote, we want change. That's really going to permanently help us. We don't want any little change. We want some real change. One of the organizers said, noting that many black civil rights groups have been marching for a change since the 1960s and have largely been ignored. The park runs along Robert E. Lee Boulevard, named for the Confederate general who led the South during the Civil War. It reopened for the July 4th weekend after weeks of closure due to the coronavirus pandemic. Calls to remove or alter the massive confederate monument have been reignited in the wake of george floyd's death uh, on may 15th in minneapolis and that's the end of it there um so there you go this is interesting in combination because this black militia a a thousand is a lot that's a big militia i mean that's i was looking at uh, the stats on just general militias in America. And most of them are quite small, a thousand people uh, all at the same time, you know, congregating at a, as a militia is a pretty large group of people uh, as far as militias go. And uh, there you go. The explicitly not affiliated with Black Lives Matter, explicitly uh, denouncing you know, uh, accusations of being protesters or demonstrators. They're like, nope, we are not that. We are a militia and I am the grand general or whatever. Uh, so a significant grand master. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, forget. Uh, it no, did, I think he said it was the grand master. No, it did hmm? confuse me. I thought it was interesting because that grand master sounds like a, an allusion to the Ku Klux Ku Klux Klan, but it's uh, NFAC founder, and his name is Grandmaster J. Oh, his name is Grandmaster like J. A, a, okay. You know, a rapper, a DJ, or uh, right. something. Okay. Um, but uh, what did he call himself? Uh, da, 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 scanning, scanning, commanding general. He is the commanding general of his militia. So there you go. Very interesting. So you've got two uh, seemingly diametrically opposed in uh in establishment and what they sort of claim association with one specifically being an arm of black lives matter movement the other explicitly stating that they have nothing to do with black lives matter and protesting is not their thing although this seems to be in in some definition of protest um but uh, there you go some some more second amendment uh, exercising for uh, these uh, black groups in general. I thought it was interesting how he made a distinction that it was all black people, no white or brown people. 
Um, so, you know, very focused on the homogeny um, of this black militia. Any other thoughts? Does this, does this, is there any comparisons or contrasts that stand out to you here? The race wars. Race wars. The race war. I've warned you and warned you and warned you. <laughs> all I'll say. Yeah. So there you go. You know, and it's hard because like I said, it's really hard to find, um, especially about this, uh, not effing around coalition. Um, it's really hard to find stories, you know, actual articles, especially from mainstream. If you start searching these things, it's all, you know, sort of off brand, uh, blogs and, and, uh, you know, counter media, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But part of what we like to do is see exactly how they're being represented in the mainstream. And what this showed me is that they're not being represented at all. The mainstream does not like this. (laughs) The mainstream, you got to remember the mainstream's job is to keep the status quo or to, uh, you know, take marching orders from their political uh, interests, and it seems like that uh, their political interests are not interested in letting the general public know about uh, this type of thing happening, and which is not surprising as far as the mainstream goes, because the mainstream in general uh, does not like the idea of militias, because um, of course guns are evil and will kill people without. Uh, without regard without humans yes involved the right. guns just kill so people. they don't like that and uh if they do mention a militia which occasionally happens throughout the years they are uh they are presented as you know crazy terrorists domestic terrorists so you know you in the in the case where the mainstream is in the position to support Black Lives Matter under all costs, they can't have that clashing with the uh, the the status quo of militias being domestic terrorists. So they can't make that connection. They won't mention it. I don't think. I don't know. I don't know what would happen have to happen for this to become a mainstream story um but uh it it, it's conflicting with uh the 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 average story the the main story the big narrative that they're trying to craft uh for this whole sort of moment of unrest cool booyah okay i've rambled enough about that but thank you for letting me do it we got a couple more here. I'm going to drop one of the stories uh, running short on time. Oh, yeah. I see your but little I, note I have there, to so. share this. Yeah, I have to share this because this is very funny. Okay. Uh, USAToday.com. Fact check. Trump campaign accused of t-shirt design with similarity to Nazi eagle. Oh, great. Yeah. And it's uh, the claim Trump campaign shirts feature imperial eagle, a Nazi symbol. Oh, geez. Uh, uh, President Donald Trump's campaign website recently unveiled a t-shirt that has come under fire oh because of gosh. perceived design similarities between its logo and a Nazi symbol. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. And, uh, <laughs> Haven't they ever seen a dollar bill? <laughs> or a quarter or something? It's the exact same eagle, and that's a long-standing comparison. We've always compared those. But I love this be- quote here. Yeah, okay. Uh, response from the Trump campaign. Quote, this is moronic. Uh, in Democrats of America, Mount Rushmore glorifies white supremacy and the bald eagle. Hold on, any The bald eagle with an American flag is a Nazi symbol. They have lost their minds. 
And uh, what's hilarious about this is that uh, the USA Today article, I don't know if it was this particular one, but they basically concluded that uh, that it is. That uh, they agree that it is the Nazi. Of course. Of course they did. Oh, they changed it. They changed it. They changed it to inconclusive. It was conclusive that it was a... uh, (laughs) (laughs) They always do that, man. They always go back and change the story on us. They change it. Uh, but my point was that, no, it's not even, you know, both of these occasions are wrong. It's all about the Phoenix wow. dying and rising Phoenix. Right. Yeah. So uh, you got something there, but uh, you know, to, uh, you know, evade that conversation, let's just accuse the Trump campaign with the, the, the American Eagle as the Nazi Eagle. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious. That's so it funny. Yeah, totally look, unfounded, at, look at ridiculous. your money. <laughs> There's Nazi Eagles yeah. everywhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, look at all and, uh, our deco government buildings. They're all covered yes. with these Nazi eagles. Yeah, quote so on, one more quote quick unquote, story. Nazi eagles. Yeah, one more quick story here. I was hoping to spend more time on this, but uh, this is the Nerdist.com. Virtual reality time machine made with 360 days, uh, 65 days of video. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Francisco-based inventor and speaker Lucas Risotto has built a virtual reality time machine Ooh. with quotes that allows him to relive his past. And while time machine is, of course, just a moniker, Risotto's invention still allows him to experience his recent life in a way most likely nobody ever has. Mm. A way that allows Risotto to view 360 days worth of stereoscopic video through a virtual reality portal in time. And uh, in short, basically what he did was he, he, uh, he, he created a VR space there and he took video that he took on his snap spectacles and he went back and relived that, that time. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's really not uh, that compelling. He made it sound more compelling than, than it really was. Yeah, it's just he said, 365 uh, days of recordings that he could go back recordings, to. Recordings, yeah. yeah. Uh, he said, it says here, perhaps the most intriguing and haunting feeling Risotto described in the video is that of feeling like his, quote, own ghost watching himself wandering through life with no idea of what's going to happen hmm. next. That's very interesting. Uh, um, I will make the direct comparison to the uh, the show on Amazon Prime, The Feed which uh, in which case everybody has this going on. And not only can you revisit your own memories, but you can revisit other people's memories. And I will compare it to your uh, high eight video of your birthday party from 1984 <laughs> and just watching it again. It's just, you know, it's really not that different. You're other so than old, it's, old uh, man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. It's just one of those things that uh, they're, they're glorifying the VR to make it sound like it's more than it really is when, I mean, I get it. It's first person, but other than that, it's really not that compelling. Yeah. But of course, time machine, virtual reality, time machine. Okay. To make Very things, good. Uh, well, sound cooler than they are. Well, Gons, we wanted to end the show on a, tell me something good, uh, moment. Oh, we can still do that. We can, we can but I will say we, uh, Whenever we we do need to doctor up this jingle a little bit because we do immediately get a copyright strike. So if, oh, that's right. So if we, I think we might be uh, playing, you know, playing, playing with fire, playing, playing with fire by playing it again. But uh, I don't know if you want to take yeah. the, <laughs> if you want to take the strike, <laughs> on, you're welcome me, uh, to. Hold on. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. 
There we go. Okay. Hopefully that's not going to catch the algos. Yeah, wow, so tricky. Well, there you go. Okay, you got anything for tell me something good, Guns? Um, three months till I have a son. Oh my gosh, isn't that crazy? That is crazy. I will say it's just weird. Uh, I've I have a a nineteen year old stepdaughter, mm-hmm. a three year old daughter. Yeah, uh, I just I know how to raise girls. <laughs> I, yeah, I you're, don't know how to raise a boy. You're going on a whole new journey. Well, and it's, yeah, uh, it's funny because the wife, the wife told me the other day. She goes, uh, "I have no idea how to uh, potty train a boy." <laughs> <laughs> and I Dang. said, uh, "Sorry, yeah, I'm going to have to get a book or something." Yeah, yeah go ahead. What was no, that? I was just it's, it's crazy because uh, we've been in whatever this Corona. You know, the past six months have just flown by like crazy i know it, it goes by know, so fast yeah you know, the past six months uh, since all this feels simultaneously like it's been like two weeks but also five years so it's <laughs> it really does. wild and uh yeah i can't believe it's already been almost six months that you've had a little bun in the oven there i know i know it's crazy and um yeah, the the weird thing is, I was telling I was telling my wife we were having the conversation, you know, based on just you know going through a a birth of a child, and and you haven't had the privilege yet. No, nope. but uh, you know, it's funny because the the women have a very different experience from the men, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, I was telling her how it's this like crazy existential experience. At least for me, it was, you know, because it made me think about like Adam and Eve and and. Uh, uh, Cain and Abel and like the entire human race and the, the, the perpetuation of life and, uh, and this process, it was the first time also just seeing the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It made me think like, Oh my gosh, we're aliens. We're aliens. <laughs> There's no way we are. You know, it was just the strangest existential crisis for me to see that in real time because it's a, uh, the creation of life is quite the miracle. And I would have to say that there is no way that we are not designed by someone yeah there's just no way yeah. there's no way very good yes all right well that is something good i don't have anything better than that except for uh my new kitten does now consistently use the litter box so that's a that's that's hey, that's always good that's... News. <laughs> speaking of potty training yeah um flippy official in the chat has some advice for uh, potty training your boy and uh, oh, yeah? they say uh point and shoot so <laughs> <laughs> yes all right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to wrap this show up here. Man, a little bit of a long one. We thought we didn't yeah, think we were going to go long, but we went long. I told you we were going to go long. You never listened to anything. Happens every time. <laughs> so thanks for sticking with us, those who stuck around. And uh, make sure to pop in and subscribe to the RSS feed. You can find Canary Cry News Talk on any of your podcatchers. And because, uh, you you know, if you came in late to the live stream, you want to get the rest of the show. So make sure to listen to the podcast version higher quality and all the fun still included now remember we need some producers for wednesday this we barely skated by with uh, our producers for this show who are chad and wesley um thank you very much and if you want to help produce the show head to patreon.com slash ccnt for canary cry news talk that's patreon.com slash ccnt or if uh, commitment's not your thing you can head over to canarycryradio.com slash support Canary Cry Radio
paypal.com slash That's right. And there you can sign up with PayPal or do a one-time uh, support thing there and also some cryptocurrency. Thank you to everybody who supported the show. Remember, you can make art, send it to us, make jingles, songs, anything related to the show. We will uh, put it on the show and we love it. Make sure to check out our Facebook page. You can just search Canary Cry Radio on Facebook to see past art, all sorts of good stuff. Um, and remember, another great way to support the show is leaving ratings and reviews uh, wherever you listen to it, especially on Apple Podcasts and uh, other outlets like that. It really helps spread the show, tells the uh, algorithms to, sh- to share. This is actually quite important. So that's a great way to help support, and we'll read some uh, some good reviews on the show. So please do that. And But you all know the best way to support the show is to realize that you have friends and family waking up right now in your life, and they just need a little nudge. And a great way of doing that is to uh, send them an episode of Canary Cry News Talk. We will help guide them into the world of fringy wokeness. And uh, if you need help figuring out how to do that, you just walk right up to them, grab them by the cage, and then you shake it. The end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted. I want to shake things up, stir up some controversy, rattle a few cages. Don't ever silence me. I'm the last angry man, a crusader for the little guy. Leave the bird alone. Never. Rattle a few cages. Rattle a few cages. The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? Ask Noah. That's right, just ask Noah. So there you go, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, we will be back on Wednesday. So remember us uh, if you're out there thinking about becoming a producer. Now's the time. Uh, But Wednesday, sometime between noon and 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we'll be back. Make sure to turn on your notifications or make sure to subscribe to uh, the podcast so you can just get it when it's there. And uh, that's a great way to do it. Okay, everybody, remember, stick around. We got the Canary Cry mixtape at the end of the show. And tune in on Wednesday. But until then, all together now, think outside the cage. I want to rattle a few cages. I want to rattle a few cages. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. Oh, 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 I I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. A crusader for the little guy. Little guy. Little guy. Well, we'll see about that. Whatever, Illuminati. You are entering. humans will be confined in a people's zoo. People. Ah.
I'll keep you safe and Zoo. 